Traveling the Vortex. This is Sylvester McCoy, and I'm listening to Travel the Vortex. Although there might be tangents ahead. <laughs> da -da 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 -da. Traveling the Vortex. Join the doctor as he travels the vortex and land episode number 204. And my next door neighbors disappear down the waste chute all the time. I'm Keith and I'm here to put Paradise Towers to rights. I'm Sean and I'm here to put Paradise Towers to rights. And I'm Glenn. All hail the architect. <laughs> I'll. You would be a caretaker. <laughs> How are you guys? Very well. We have a guest this week. <laughs> Is that Captain? No, that's Kalua. 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 Kalua is old and crotchety and grumpy. We have uh, moved our studio location this week. We're, we're on location this week. We're on location this week. <laughs> Coming to you from beautiful San Diego. Familiar well, furniture, just new location. <laughs> We're recording at my house. <laughs> We're not really in San Diego. We're at Sean's place. It just worked better today. We're an audio we show. We could be anywhere you can imagine. Can we be on the moon? I want to be on the moon. <laughs> is the moon an egg? Let's find out. Apparently it is. Hold on, everybody. That's an egg! <laughs> yes. Okay. Good to know. Currently, Lisa listens to us on the beach. Yeah, that's right. I have a better idea. I say we go record on a beach, and Lisa can listen to us at my house. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like I a would much, never be on a beach right much now, better. Sure. How would you tone out the ocean noise? Assuming it's a warm I beach, I just let everybody be envious just, of the sound. <laughs> if I probably make people sleep. <laughs> As if we didn't do that enough. Yeah. <laughs> now we've got an ambient noise to put Alex to sleep even more so. And you just have to yell bang every five minutes. <laughs> All right, Grouchy. Did you guys do anything fun this week? I watched a movie. What'd you watch? Oh. We watched The Soloist. Oh, I've never seen that. How was it? Oh, the uh, 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 Jamie Fox. Yep. Uh, Jamie Fox and uh, RTD. RTD. And, How was uh, it? Uh, very good. RDJ. RDJ. RTD. No, it wasn't RDJ. Well, was it Steve Davies? No, it wasn't Russell. Uh, it was good. It was great. Holly, uh, actually, she's because she's back in nursing school. This uh, quarter, they are doing their study mental uh, services, essentially. And she's doing her clinicals at a uh, mental institution. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. Um, and so all of her studies this quarter have been on. Uh, mental health. Hmm. And so it was a requirement, actually, for her to watch this movie and write a paper. And really? I can understand why. <laughs> I would have thought um, Sybil. Would have been the, uh... <laughs> Jamie Foxx does a fantastic job. I can't remember. Was he nominated for an Oscar for that? He should have been. I don't think it was for that. It was only for Ray, I think. Ray's yeah. the crazy one. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. was fantastic. And it's a really incredible movie that's based on an actual story. Is that and on Netflix? No, we had to. We no, we looked. <laughs> we looked all over to see if there was a way to stream it on any of the number of services we have. No, we ended up uh, renting it on iTunes. So, ah. 
Um, I bet they would have had it at the library. But it, maybe. I, we, it was kind of one of those last-minute things, and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll pay the four and a half bucks for Could have rented it at my store. It. Oh, I didn't, you know, I never think about vintage stock no, no, when, no. as far as rentals go. Oh, I, thought I just you meant I your don't basement. think about that. No, I don't know oh, that. You don't know that one. <laughs> I don't know that one. You'd really be kicking myself. Your vast collection. I don't know what you have. What you know. Although my uh, late charges, I hear, are about to kick in on uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, great movie. Really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I recommend anybody anybody to watch it. It's it. There's a lot of music, so you have to really appreciate uh, classical music, especially Beethoven, because that's kind of his thing. But, oh, I like Beethoven. Um, just really, really powerful film so uh we got our second tree put up our tree for the upstairs is now up lit and decorated and we got a little little bit of decorating done uh we're having christmas at our house this year with my dad's like extended family so um we're kind of doing a house clean top to bottom kind of thing and so we didn't want to decorate too much before that so that'll probably go up as we Get things cleaned in the next few weeks. And then um, we <laughs> went outside to put the Christmas lights up outside because it was so nice. And I didn't get – I started losing my light because we were kind of busy running around doing a lot of things yesterday. And we got to – it got to be about 4 o'clock, and I thought, oh, I'm losing my light. So I went out, and I started checking. about the time the drizzle stopped. It, well, it, yeah, it, was, it had cleared up. The, <laughs> the sun was out. There was some light out there. I was so like, oh, this would be a great weekend to put the lights up on the outside of the house because it was warm. And then it started raining. And I'm like, curse you, weather. <laughs> well, so I went out in the garage, and I thought, well, I can get the, the lower stuff up ready to go. And I dug, 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 and I could not find our lights that go on the side of the house, the ones that we normally put up. So, but I had. There was your Daphne Ashbrook. Photo. I had these strands, <laughs> yeah, probably. I had these strands of lights that we put up when we owned our, our last house that we used to put across the line. We used to line the roof with. Well, since we moved to this house because it's two stories, I haven't lined the top of the roof because it's a challenge to get up there because you have to get the extended ladder and everything. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to put these on the because they've already got the little hooks on them. You just slide them underneath oh, the shingles, and it's really, really easy. So I got up there and I got half of them. I got half. I got half of one strand up, and neglected to put one end of it on the guttering. And I climbed down the ladder, and I looked up as all the lights went <laughs> <laughs> and slid off the house all the way to the end. So I had halfway half of a strand of lights up there, and I had to start over. So I crawled back up there. And I got them most of the way. But the difficult thing that we have, and this is why I remember that I have not been climbing up there putting these lights up, is the extension ladder works great until you get to the little roof overhang of the porch. Because we've got one of those kind of small eaves roofs that goes halfway across the house to the porch, which then comes out about four feet. You can't put a ladder up to the top of the roof for about three feet. Because of this roof overhang, and I can't stand on that roof that covers the porch because it's not enough to support my weight. I'm certain of this. <laughs> so the only way you can do it at that point to that for that three feet is to climb on the roof. Well, what happened Let's was see, that's the last. What I would have just done is laid on my stomach and let me back up all the way across. Let me back up because that would have happened. But last night, as I was checking the lights and changing the bulbs, because we hadn't used these lights, we've lived in oh, this house yeah. for six years, we haven't used these lights. <laughs> So I was changing the bulbs and checking. I looked out, and it was dark. 
And I was like, okay, it's not going to happen tonight. <laughs> so I said, I'll get up first thing tomorrow morning and do it on Sunday because it's still supposed to be warm. It's supposed to rain too, but maybe I can get in between the rain. I got up, and of course it was raining. And so I waited, and I waited, and waited. It was just a drizzle. It wasn't too bad. But I waited, and waited, and waited. And I waited until it just lit up at about 1.30. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go out there and start doing this. But as I was doing it, that's when I had the fiasco where it mm-hmm. came back down. And I, so I finally got over to that eaves, and I thought, okay, I have to get on the roof. At this point, the wind has picked up. The rain has gotten worse, and to make it even worse is all of the rain that has condensed or grabbed onto our big giant oak tree. Every time it blows, it's mm. almost like oh. a downpour. <laughs> so the top of the roof is soaked. So I crawl up on the roof with the second strand, plug it in, or re- reach yeah, down and plug it in, yeah. and realize I have the wrong strand of lights because our lights alternate red, green, red, green, red, green, and I've grabbed the strand that start that ends. My last strand ended with red. The strand I have starts with red. <laughs> so I got, I'm going to have to crawl back down. So by the time I get on the off the roof onto the ladder, I am drenched. My legs are soaked. And I'm like, okay, well, as I'm getting ready to get down, I'm like, okay, this is terrible. I'm going to have to get back up here. And as I get on the ladder, my foot goes, whoop, oh. and I go, whoop, and I grab the top of the ladder. And I thought, maybe it's not so safe to be up here <laughs> while the roof's so wet. So I have half. Of my lights on the roof. And so I'm going to wait until the roof dries out this week and crawl up there and finish the strand going on on over the thing. And I'll probably do that whole strand from the roof because I can lean down there. But I thought, you know what? If I'm going to be leaning down there and this roof is this slick, I don't want to go off the roof. So I have half a strand. With nothing but your driveway welcoming (laughs) you at the bottom of... Exactly. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be the driveway; it'd be that roof overhang. So at least I'd bounce once. <laughs> I suppose it depends on how much speed you picked up on yeah. the. Uh... And the nice thing is, right in front of that is a hedge, so I would fall into the hedge. So there's a good chance I wouldn't break anything, but I don't think I want to chance it anyway. Or as you said, I pick painful. up enough speed and slide on past the hedge, but then I would land in the yard. So at least it wouldn't be concrete. Anyway, so I have one. The yard would be wet, and he'd continue to hydroplane (laughs) down the road and out across. And then a car would hit him. Well, and as you know, twilight comes straight up and T bones (laughs) that are right in front of our house, and so I would go right on down twilight. So I have. You might bank it in the corner and get out on gauge at one point. I have one strand of lights. You'd be like frosty. One, I'd be like uh, Clark on the sled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've got one strand of lights on my house that only runs halfway across my house, so I've got to do the rest later. But I got half of it. Done. Raise, raise your hand if Glenn has more lights than you do. All right. Of course, so, I don't have the house to put any yellow on. Here's your windows. Your windows and you can trim your windows. I guess I got it. I always wanted to plug one into the. Uh, I was going to unplug one of the the, the bulb fixtures <laughs> and plug an adapter in and plug lights into that and I, run them along the well, the balcony and then they went and changed all the bulbs to those weird fluorescent oh, yeah, they're things. Not it the, doesn't have a socket. The, it's got a yeah. compact fluorescent. Yeah. And now they have the little lock switches or lock. It's it's just a yeah. plug yeah. thing. It's like I don't have one of those. Oh, that's right. They, they angle sideways now, don't they? Yeah. yeah. You slide it into the yeah. You, that wouldn't be. You won't be doing that. No. Well, I don't live there now. But, uh, <laughs> last time I think about decorating your I place. Mean, anyway. I won't be doing that. 
I probably wouldn't. Anyways. It's either that or a really long extension cord that goes out the door. No. <laughs> uh, other than that, I didn't do too much this week. Um, I had forgotten when I was talking about what we did last week that the kids we took the kids to the gingerbread home for holidays. Oh yeah, and the kids made little um, graham cracker uh, gingerbread houses. Yeah. So. That was something I neglected last week. Because uh, most about. gingerbread homes aren't actually made from gingerbread anymore. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they are, but they're Graham not cracker. edible. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now for some, cracker. but the reason they do that is because gingerbread it's has affordable. that very well. It has that really strong ginger afterbite yeah. that not a lot of people are fond of. But the it's graham better cracker, for making houses. The graham it? cracker, yeah, it certainly is because it's stronger. It's yeah, always tougher. It's the, but the graham cracker has a better flavor. So anybody that's going to break that house apart and eat it, they probably it's a much pleasurable flavor for most people. So that's why they do it. But these and are it's actually cheaper to but just go do, buy them than make a bunch of gingerbread because I don't see ever right, gingerbread right. available to buy. Yeah, well, you can make it. It's, it, make it's it. relatively yeah. easy to make at home. Um, but what they do at, at uh, Gingerbread Home for the holidays is, for anybody that doesn't know, it is, and it was so pathetic this year, there was only four houses. But what they do mm-hmm. is they have people that, that volunteer and submit gingerbread houses, really nice, fancy gingerbread houses that they build. And then they submit them here and then they judge them. And what the event is, is you go and you pay, you know, I think it's like three bucks a person. And you go in and you get a look at the gingerbread houses. But they also have like Santa Clauses there. They have a stage that has performances. They have a little shop that you can, a little gift shop. Or a, it's more like a craft shop that you can shop in. And, um, and then, so there's that. And then in the back, they have the build your own gingerbread house. And what they do is they take graham crackers and they leave the long ones for the sides. And then they, they triangle the top of a long one. To make your roof, so they kind of cut the graham crackers in the template of the house that you need, and then you put the. They have the frosting, and they have uh, little cups of all of the different things that you can put on the house, the candies and cereal and things like that. And so you sit down and you build your house around a little foam block, and, and it's really actually clever. I mean, it's a clever little idea. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I think fun. our thing. This is, this is this is something. It's it's still early enough in the season. We should really look into trying to do this. I think we should look into every year we will build a Traveling the Vortex gingerbread house. But it all has to be Doctor Who themed. Sure. Why not? It'd be fun. So, like, we could do Horror Fang Rock and, <laughs> and build a gingerbread, <laughs> build a gingerbread house. house. And we could have a root on at the base of yeah, the stairs. A little green blobby thing. And then um, that's just the first one that came to mind. <laughs> Surely there are other. We've got to figure out some way to sure include Candyman in there. Yeah, yeah. That's the ultimate place to put candy, man. <laughs> What's the name of the place that uh, happiness, take, happiness Patrol takes? We could just build that structure and put Candyman in the basement. <laughs> it could be Paradise Tower. We, we can build Paradise Towers. <laughs> yeah. There you go. We could, we could All 100 and some floors. We could build the unit headquarters. 300 and some floors, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was 300. We could build, build, um, yeah, yeah. We, we could build uh, the, the same house and put a crinoid on it. <laughs> Rassilon's Tower and the Death Zone. Oh, yeah. The, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the, Black Tower. the Black Tower. We could also build the unit house and put Sutek in it. Ooh, yeah. Pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. We could build. I mean, there's Sounds all kinds good of, to me. I, th- I think we should get on this. All I right. think every let's year. We'll, so, all right. So, um, listeners, challenge. <laughs> you're you're going to vote. I want your submissions next week. So you have a one-week time frame. You're going to su- submit what you want us to build out of gingerbread, and we will attempt to do so. 
What about the spaceware? There's a really good reason why we shouldn't do this. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to look good. I just said we were going to attempt or, or, it. Or that we're going to take your suggestions into consideration. <laughs> there is a really good reason why we should not do this. It has to do with time constraints. It has, has to do with my building skills. <laughs> That's what the is bigger it? I don't know. It looks like a bowling ball. <laughs> it's the uh, same way you wrap presents. I know. <laughs> Enough uh, paper and tape, you can wrap anything. <laughs> I think that's all I did this week. Yep, that's it. Uh, I don't think we did much during the week. Kept up on shows. We did, uh, on Saturday, go to Kansas City and take advantage of Coke Points and go see Mockingjay Part 1. And? It was good. It was pretty much what I expected from the book actually a little bit more than i expected that it really did a, it's it's probably the best adapted out of all of them uh there are a number of changes that i think they did better than the movie or than the book um yeah i i, I it was really good and it was a very i don't know what quite the right word is it's not emotional but it's one of those intense almost passionate films that you just watch it, and there's so much. I guess still can't come up with the right word. It's just chutzpah. I, it's got chutzpah. It's got a, no, a number of spots that just hit you kind of in the gut several times, and it's like wow. And especially if if either you've read or seen the other two movies, of course you should uh, going to it, and it, it leaves where kind of I expected, and yeah, it was really well done. And then today we went to a. A uh, friend of ours' daughter's first birthday party, and then met up with uh, Sarah's mom and Adi at Chuck E. Cheese, and that was. Oof. And we went and relaxed at home because <laughs> <laughs> there was a bunch of kids at the birthday party, and then Chuck E. Cheese, and it's like we need some quiet time. Uh, and finished. <laughs> Enjoy that way you can. <laughs> if you and Sarah deciding to have kids sometime, they there don't will be get no to go quiet. home. There's no getting away. <laughs> the kids are with you. <laughs> All day, yeah. But like Grace, the one-year-old is a very rather quiet, rather calm child. So it's when there's a bunch of other ones that it gets. And it looks like she had a pretty good birthday. Uh, but we finished How I Met Your Mother, and the, the finale is good, except for the final three minutes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and there's an alternate ending available that, you, that they it's on the DVDs and they posted it online, which pretty much it. Cuts the last three minutes of it and kind of tacks on more in the beginning or leading up to the end, kind of recapping the story right. in more of a nutshell of, well, first I had to do this, 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 and this, and that was good to meet your mother. Unfortunately, the way they did it, and I don't, I don't even like the way that they ha- they were forced to do the entire last episode, but I, I concur that the last three minutes is the worst of it. Um, Even some stuff from the first part, because it's technically a two-parter if you watch it on Netflix, um, I was okay with because realistically it's more realistic for the characters that they would do this instead of, you know, not. I'm trying to avoid spoilers so we don't. Well, I don't know if you care. It's a little. I do and I don't. It's one of those shows that I've heard so many good things about that I would like to sit down and watch it at some point. Will I ever get to? Uh, it's a little bittersweet because they'd only planned for eight seasons. They got 
a ninth season. They decided to go ahead and go forward with it. And they, in my opinion, they did a very clever thing with it the really ninth did. season. It was really, really well done. The problem is it derailed any sort of ending that they had for Series 8 because they were going to go a whole different direction with it. When they decided to come back and do a ninth season, they realized that they had to do something different. And so the story took an entire direction from the original outline. And the way that it was going based on the first eight seasons would have made for a wonderful ending. Not not the ending that we got. Not even the alternate ending, yeah. in my opinion. But then by doing this, I was it was, to me, a quite enjoyable ninth season. But... It didn't end the way that I thought it should end, and so. And just, I'll, I'll say this about the way it did end, and I heard a lot of flack about it, and knew what it was going into it, and it was better done than I expected. It, it, there was much more, uh, much more respect paid in those final three minutes than I expected. It, it, it <laughs> wasn't because what I heard was one was it, it's what happened. But boiled down to such a nutshell that it doesn't explain how it happens. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So how it happens is better than how I imagined it happening from what I've heard. A lot of vagueness. Have you heard who the mother was supposed to be originally? Uh-uh. Do you remember... I'm trying to decide whether to, whether to say this. You remember... Um, and I can't remember her name, but it's the gal that he originally met up with, and then she went. She was had the bakery. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The very the, first. That's what the mother was originally supposed oh, to be. Oh, I, I would have liked Unfortunately, that. by the time they got to the eighth, oh, when, that's why they, they brought when her they back got to the eighth season, season knew that they were going to have to do another one. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, so. that explains a lot more of why they brought her back exactly. and did what they did. So <laughs> we didn't warn really the listeners that haven't listened to I, it. I, I really, warned Sean, who's over here. With I really liked her as a character too, so I would have been okay with that. I did too, and in fact, I would have loved that to go that way. But yeah, oh. Uh, Chris, Kristen Maloney did a fine job in the role. Mm-hmm. She yep. was very cute, very I charming. It. I heard she was the best part of her show that has been canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which actually I heard was pretty good. It was just, yeah. Sometimes they just can't find an audience, no yep. matter how good they are. Unfortunately, that's what um, that's what determines whether you live or die. Well, <laughs> as far as the show goes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do, Sean? If I think of anything else, I'll interrupt you. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I got a prediction. School. Work. There was a lot of school. There's a lot of work. Um, schedule changed at work this week. You guys always talk about your schedule changing. I, I went I went seven or six in a row um, before having this weekend off. And I didn't ask for it, <laughs> which is usually what has to happen. I have to ask for it. So I, kinda, I actually went to the boss and said, um, I'm off. Saturday and Sunday. Was, yeah. Did you mean to do that? Yeah. Okay. I, I, that's as far as I'm going to question it. So, you know, just a Saturday and Sunday off. A raise. I think they're afraid you're going to leave. <laughs> I, I think they know that somebody's courting you. Uh, it could be. I doubt it. But I did get a raise this week as well, which was which was pretty nice. Um, wasn't a great rate. Well, the raise was great. That's yeah, it. any any amount's great. Any any increase. Sometimes you want it to be more. Increase. It's just uh, it's still not what you're worth. Yeah, we'll look at it that way. I'm worth so much more than what I'm. <laughs> what Keep it. I live been living with that for years. I still are. Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah. Um. 
and yes, we'll work. Uh, we're, we're kind of down to the, the the crunch time of all the projects are coming due and all of the big. Oh, you need to do this and hey, last minute feedback coming in. <laughs> Ding, um, and uh, you know that kind of stuff. I did. Uh, now this is this is where I, I feel kind of bad. We we just we had a bunch of family obligations this weekend, which kind of turned out well that I had the the the, the time off. Um, and we had Katrina, and Katrina, she was, I don't know, she was a little off. She was rotten this weekend. She was not. So when you talk about, oh, you get to go home to the quiet, <laughs> I gotta be honest, we were really kind of looking forward to dropping Grandbaby off <laughs> and saying, all right, we're done with you for the bye week. Bye-bye, see you next week. Yeah, have fun. Um, you guys, you, you, Sean, you can complain about school and work all you want. I don't get to drop my kids off at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I, like I said, like I said, I, I no, talk, he's got to look forward to putting them in the bed. Yeah, I, I, that's, I, that's I very much the case with ours. I very much, um, or the chances when you get to get out of the house without them. Not wow. sympathize. What's the word I'm looking for? Then I feel uh, guilty empathize? because empathize. I understand. Get out of the house. You know, because or if she leaves, I don't get out of the house. The, the, having her on a weekend. I mean, normally, you know, we have her. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I, I work Fridays and Sundays, so I only get her one day of the week. And sometimes that's enough for me. I'm exhausted by the end of that. I don't know how Mel does it. I really can't fathom doing that all the time. All the time. All day, every day. I just. I sound like I'm Although, complaining, but I wouldn't trade it. Oh, yeah. Every, and yeah, everybody says right. that, and I firmly believe it's because you've all been flashy thinged. <laughs> You're pretty great with her, though. And. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> After Friday night, who? Like, Hold on, I gotta go read Three Little Pigs, which was very cute. Yeah, she got she got a long nap Friday, and so she was up really late and stayed up with us through all of Friday night, who, and wouldn't let me pull my computer out. I felt kind of bad because I was looking for it. I was like, I'm gonna tweet, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna. And do this. I was there this week, and so. she popped herself in my lap and said, "No, Papa, okay." <laughs> that, that was that was kind of, you know, I'm going to allow you to watch this TV show, but that's the, the extent of my okay, but um. So then we went. To, uh, we did that um, because of the family stuff that was going on. I did get two movies watched, which I feel really guilty about, um, <laughs> and I'll explain why in a moment. We got to see Drive, finally the Ryan oh, yeah. uh, Gosling one, uh, which everybody I've talked to has had nothing but really great things to say about. Heard it was a, a very eighties film. Is that the right one I'm thinking of? A very eighties film. Eighties feeling feels like from the eighties. No, no, I haven't seen it. Mm, I don't know if it's good. It felt very Michael Mann to me. Maybe that's where they're going with it. Maybe less refined film people trying to explain it to me. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like it was the 80s. It was an 80s movie. Um, he's, a, uh, um, he's, he's a driver. He's a stunt driver, and he works in a garage and this kind of stuff. And occasionally he'll be getaway driver. And he's got a very specific set of rules. You know, you give me a time and a place, and I'll be there. And I'll give you five minutes. And anything on one minute on either side of that, you're on your own. But if you hit it within this, I'm all yours. We'll get you, you know, get you taken care of. And he's very good at it. And then situation develops that he can't quite get out of. Uh, it's got a great supporting cast. Um, uh, Ron Perlman is oh. in it. Albert Brooks playing a gangster, which was kind of interesting. Like, hey, look, it's Nemo's dad. Oh, he's not acting like Nemo's dad. <laughs> <laughs> um and Gosling, it's funny because we kept sitting there going, man, he looks familiar, man, he looks familiar. And I finally had to end with him. It's like, you know, Ryan Gosling's been in all of these, as I described them, Keith movies. What? Um, 
<laughs> these, How are they my movies? Well, they're, they're these little critical darling independent films, which are just kind of right up your okay. alley. The Place Beyond the Pines. and I haven't seen that one. Uh, uh, the Believer, is one of his first films, is phenomenal. He plays this neo-Nazi who's Jewish. So it, imagine American History X, but done even better. Really? Yeah, it's phenomenal. That's saying something, because American yeah. History X is a powerful movie. And this is even more powerful. Huh. But... Um, yeah, you just you know, you really have to go back a ways to find something flicks. that you, you you recognize and go, oh, he was in that, but you know, that was so long ago that it doesn't really matter. But he's been in a bunch of these movies recently, and not any of them are ones that we've seen. We just kept going, man, he looks familiar, man, he looks familiar. Um, it's a good movie. It's 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 a slow burn. It, it's definitely one that takes its time, and there's a lot of shots of you know him in the car with no dialogue and this kind of <laughs> music going on. And you're like, okay, I can. Uh, you're that. You're that movie. All right. <laughs> but it, I thought it was a satisfactory payoff to to get to the end of it. So I, I was I was pleased that we finally watched it because I'd had so many people um, recommend that one at work. And then uh, today we took Katrina out and went and saw Big Hero Six, which was the other. What do you think of that? I loved it. It's just as much fun as you think you're going to have. It's. Uh, in a way, it's kind of like Wrecked Ralph in that it's a better film than I thought it was going to be. It's even. got a great message to it. It's got a great message, and it's which, no- is, which is a message that isn't touched on enough in kids' films, I think. Yeah, especially considering what the message is. Yeah, it is literally as if Pixar and Marvel got together and had a baby and called it Iron Giant. <laughs> That's pretty much where your, your your vein of awesome lies, and so cool. that was really good. Not to mention. Phenomenal cameo, <laughs> which I yeah. think I've heard about the cameo. Now, I caught in the film and seen. freaked out. It was like, ah, that was awesome. And then you know we watched it. It was a good movie. Okay, and there we got up to leave, and they looked at me like, you're not. I was like, I'm not leaving. You know me. I don't leave during. I don't leave during the credits anyway. But this yeah. is a Marvel movie. I'm not leaving. Uh, no. It, it's, Mar- it's a Marvel movie. It's and not part the- of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it is a Marvel movie. It is. And it's- there was there was a post credit scene, so it was like <laughs> I feel justified uh, in my decision to not. So you guys know when you go see Mockingjay, if you go see it in the theater, there isn't a scene, but there is something at the end of the credits. Okay. Does it say Candace Everdeen will return? No, but <laughs> it, it's. You know how I think the other ones did it too. It might have been before the credits, but this is after. It's the. The Mockingjay symbol evolving yeah. is is the next evolve to the next stage, uh, which is it's neat it's and the whistle cool. and the whistle, yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, but yeah, uh, big 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 Hero Six is. is I very, was pretty very good. impressed by the cast in it too. Yeah, that I didn't recognize the voices, uh, like Marlon Wayans Jr. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was in it at all. Nah. T.J. Miller is the only voice that I recognized, just because you, you how can you not recognize his um, voice? I got to the point where I recognized. Uh, the professor, what was his name? Uh, James Cromwell. Oh yeah, it's I, a, it, I, I could not place him, and then, it, then I saw his name, and I was like, "Well, oh, I kept, I kept listening." I was like, "It almost sounds like Liam Neeson, but it's not." That's a name. It's a guy that I'm familiar. And then I hit upon first contact, and went, "Oh yeah, that's who it is. It's Cromwell." Okay, but uh, didn't know Alan Tudyk was in it. Didn't know. Yeah, good movie. Really, really, really good. Really, really good movie. I'm looking forward to seeing. It. <laughs> you, should, you should go see that one. But yeah, the, the the cameo so good. so worth it. So worth it. So awesome. So much win. <laughs> Our and I want a Baymax now. That's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to. 
big, fat, inflatable, stuffy robot. <laughs> he was probably the best part of the whole movie. What's up on news? He's like a warm marshmallow. <laughs> uh, first up in news, Planet Comic Con has announced a new Doctor Who guest. Eve Miles! Hey, Eve Miles! Gwen Cooper! And whatever her name was in the other one. Did we not talk about this last week? It came out after. Did it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it did. Um, Seeing her remember us talking. She was Gwyneth. Gwyneth? Gwyn- yeah. Gwen Gwyneth. something. Gwyneth. I don't know if we something. got a last name. I'm sure we did. She was Gwyneth. Yeah, she was Gwyneth, Gwyneth in, in Gwyneth. Unquiet Dead. Unquiet Dead. And she was Gwen Cooper in, uh, in actual... Stolen Earth. Yes. Journey's Journey's End. End. Journey's yeah. End. And obviously Gwen Cooper. And obviously Gwen Cooper and Torchwood. <laughs> Torchwood. They've also added other guests we're not going to announce, but go check them out at planetcomiccon.com. <laughs> In other con news. In other con news. Time Eddie, the one of, we told you about. It's sort of con news. It's a con. Well, it's a con, but sort of news, <laughs> I guess we should say. Uh, they have added Bill Brewer, who is a Patrick Troughton impersonator. No, he's a second doctor impersonator. Oh, that's right. He's a second <laughs> doctor impersonator. I'm not sure he pretends to be Robin Hood or any number he father might. what's you his never name know. in the omen. Have you seen this picture? No, I have not seen it yet. Can you tell which one is him? Oh, he does look like Patrick Troughton. Uh, well, this is him. Yeah. yeah. Huh. They're both him. Wow. Very cool. Nope. That's terrific. I'm excited. He cares... He- he uh, bears why. an uncanny resemblance. <laughs> so now you can get your picture quasi taken with <clears throat> get your picture taken with the quasi second doctor. Yeah, have they announced cool. the the time lord yet? They have not, but they have given us three clues. Okay, before you give me the clues, the the official announcement was time lord's coming to time Eddie. No, it's not the doctor. Yep. So I I immediately started. I went through all the all the possibilities. My money's on Eric Roberts. Nope. And here's why. All the rest of the Time Lords are dead. We've we've lost everybody at this point. Here's your first clue. In terms of time travel, I gave the doctor... They're dead now, though. It doesn't matter if they're dead now. No, no, no. You mean actors? actors. Oh, the actors. We've lost all of the... With the the exception of one, which could be argued as a doctor, if you go to the Valyard, with Michael Jason. Kind of what I thought. Or... um, Or the master. Those are no. There's one. More. All right. Okay. Okay. Here go ahead. Go. Here's the other clues. In terms, and you get it immediately. In terms of time travel, I gave the doctor a hand, but rather than thank me, he had to be dragged to my land. Some say I'm a villain who needs to be unmasked, but as the doctor discovered, that's not an easy, such an easy task. I forgot about Omega. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second clue I, I couldn't find it on their Facebook page. I posted it somewhere. Was referring to. Demons. And then, and then the third clue was uh, a video clue from the Hand of Fear. He was a bit of a rock star in this story. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I'd forgotten all so about Omega. That comes out, uh, the news comes out on Sunday. So, or wasn't, no, no, wasn't he Monday. must live on part of that too? Uh, somebody commented, someone who, will, who must oh, live. That's right. The clue was he was a bit of a rock star. In so can story. we spoil it? Can I we go ahead and announce can, it? I think we can <laughs> We're safely say <laughs> that friend of the show, Stephen Thorne, will be coming to time again. I can get an Omega autograph. 
We should rerun that uh, that, that interview package. We should do a new one. Now Keith can well, interview. We'll, we'll do a new one. We'll rerun it. Duh. Anyways. But <laughs> we should rerun <laughs> I know, that. I know what we're watching for Friday Night Who ahead of the Time Betty Convention. <laughs> Hand of Fear. We watch any. <laughs> oh, he's only in one episode yeah. of that. The demons. The, the best would be, of course, Three Doctors because he's in it more. And he's such a cool character. It's his best performance. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that's the one. That's the autograph I'm going to get. I'm not going to get an uh, Eldrad. No, and no offense to Stephen Thorne, but Eldrad was a much more interesting character as a woman. I still maintain that, but yeah, his Omega. It's not his fault, though. No, no not his, not fault his fault at all. all. It's how it, was, it was written poorly, but. Um. Yeah, I'd forgotten all about Omega. Well, good. I won't. Um, that makes me happy. <laughs> it makes me happy on twofold. One, it's Stephen Thorne, and the other, it's not Eric Roberts. So there's and because they specifically didn't say Time Lady, you ruled out all the possibilities there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's an automatic. <laughs> One must be correct in one's gender swapping. <laughs> Which really, did you expect a Michelle Gomez? Or no. Lala Ward? Uh, Lala Ward would be the only other lady that we could actually get. Yeah. Well, Man's all the. Because yeah. now the Inquisitor has uh, passed too. Flavia's class passed and. Uh, yeah, Inquisitor. I suppose, you know, we could have gone with <laughs> like. Unless, uh, unless uh, they got uh, Juliet Landau. No. <laughs> that uh, would be awesome. They could have gotten Caroline Ford. Uh, that's true. We believe she's a time lady. <laughs> we're, we're, I think, in the minority of that group. I'm though. under, I, the, I firmly yeah, believe I'm that, under the belief that she was a time lady. I have no reason not to believe that. She yeah. was a time lady. Um, Ginny. Uh, <laughs> ever, grasping for straws, grasping for they straws. Re, they referenced her in Death in Heaven, not even as a time lord. Just as a daughter. As, as an as a anomalous daughter or something uh, or other. That's true. Um, you got Time Lord DNA? Who, 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 who played the Castellan? Uh, oh, uh... Is she still on? Or, uh, or the reporter in... Uh, <laughs> or uh, Drax. Yeah. Was it Drax? Yeah. It, it seems like there <laughs> might be... Yeah. There, I, I stand corrected. Some there may be really a minor, handful of other Time Lords still around. Or minor characters. Though. There may be a handful of other Time Lords still yeah. roaming the, uh, the, the not dead not yet. The, not the really but, names. The big names. Yeah, the big names we've, we've lost so many. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, here's a name we haven't lost. Bernard Cribbins. Oh, good. <laughs> was given Don't do an that award. To me. <laughs> he was recently presented the J.M. Barry Award. Ooh. Which is uh, for the lifetime of unforgettable work on children, or for children, on stage, film, and television, and record. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, it's part of the ACA. Is it on record, or is it record? I don't know. It says rec- on rec- record. On um, and, and record. And record. Okay. You so, know those Brits and their funny spellings. Who knows? <laughs> record. record. It could be a record. He just broke a record. <laughs> so congratulations, Bernard. <laughs> he holds the record for being the only actor to be in both <laughs> Doctor Who proper and the uh, Cushing Do- films. Doctor yeah. Who not proper. One of the Cushing films. <laughs> well, congratulations to Bernard. All right, and then the last one is a bit of uh, stuff that Capaldi's been saying at recent <laughs> press conferences, and that we f- I found interesting at least. No curse words. No curse we're, words. We're going to cover that, but we're not going to talk, talk about Moffat losing his mind for three weeks straight. <laughs> <laughs> I figure he does that before every season. <laughs> Didn't he 
saying that? That it's not, it's not, any, it doesn't get any easier. So it's just as hard every time. <laughs> Troll bait is what it is. <laughs> so, so, you know, the master, we were totally going to make her the Ronnie. We wanted you to believe that. And nobody fell for nobody it. Nobody fell for that. You know, nobody downloads scripts anymore. What's wrong with all of you? <laughs> and as a fan, yeah, I totally would have watched all those down, all those stolen episodes. I mean, I'd have been mad, but I'd have watched them. Uh, so the first bit is what we, I, I believe we d- broke it long ago, that Peter Capaldi initially turned down auditioning for Doctor Who in the movie, for the role of the Doctor. Doesn't necessarily mean he would have got it, but he turned down auditioning for Things it. Things could have been different. We could have had Capaldi Doctor a lot earlier than we did. And we could have had and we we could have Paul McGann we, now. We wouldn't have got all the wonderfulness of an entire season that we're getting out of <laughs> okay, now that, Peter Capaldi. Paul we, could do what Peter did, I that's, think. That is an interesting question. Just, they would have flopped the just, just play devil's advocate for a minute and flip-flop them. What if we had gotten Capaldi in the TV movie... And then years later, the six-minute night of the Doctor special. And all the audio. And all the audio. And Paul McGann was on TV now. I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> Way to be committal. <laughs> I don't know. There, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer to that one. I, I, you know. I still have stayed. <laughs> is there a part of me that would be like, yeah, I'd kind of be willing to trade Capaldi for more Paul McGann? Yes, there is. Is there a part of me that hates but, myself for even saying that? Yes, there is. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But then Capaldi would stand as the longest-running doctor. Yeah. I, I, there are almost, I think, as actors, they could swap out very easily and do very similar stories. Uh, even if the stories weren't the same. Even huh. if it was just a... Uh, gosh, if, 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 the if we only had something, oh, maybe like the TARDIS, then we could find <laughs> out. And while we're at it, we'll pick up some uh, lost stories. <laughs> some, all. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just walk in and no, rob the BBC. Morris is going to release what he's got now, anyway. We're yeah, just going to get the ones get that have no, no hope. Why not get them in better condition? Oh yeah, so they don't have to read. Yeah, so here, here's the deal: we'll, we're we'll gonna, go and get everything. So we're going to show up, and they're going to BBC is going to say, "Okay, we're running you know, this episode this week," and we go, "Are you done running it?" Yes. Club the guy over the head. <laughs> Make off with the film. We'll be back next week. That'd be another reason why they were lost. <laughs> they weren't wiped. They were they lost. Stolen. They we're stolen. Oh, the stolen episodes. We should totally do that. We should build a time machine. <laughs> go back in time. Steal the Doctor Who episodes. Bring them forward in time. And find them in our basements. <laughs> in perfect condition. Well, like we wouldn't all do age. basements. One of us would do attic. One of us would do basement. One of us would do storage shed. My mom has a crawl space. <laughs> Ooh, good. Yeah, crawl space. In his mom's crawl space. We would be the best podcast ever. And that's the only thing we do with a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, I'm, sh- I'm go sure. Go back at some and point. watch them when they televised. <laughs> I'm sure at some point we'd be having the discussion in my basement on the dry erase board, going at some point in time in the past, but the timeline is skewed into this alternate 1985, and nobody <laughs> stepped on a butterfly, right? <laughs> I don't understand what happened, but the show's still on. It's still Colin Baker. <laughs> Hey, that's a win-win. <laughs> Rachel sure would be happy. That's a win-win. 
<laughs> somebody, somebody assassinated Michael Green. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Bad host. Uh. Bad host. <laughs> uh. All right. So, listeners, your assignment for next week. Write in with your uses of a time machine. <laughs> we need some ideas. Apparently, I'm thinking too small. Oh, okay. Oh, the other bit of interview goodness from Capaldi. Now, he was speaking at an afternoon with Mark Gatiss and friends about the proper use of the sonic screwdriver. <laughs> and says uh, the BBC are very responsible and license payers' money. So I feel they spend a certain amount of money on a certain amount of props when they get rid of the pr- those props until they've been used. That applies equally to the TARDIS. It just sensibly mats. And then <laughs> he, he goes on to state his preference would be for more retro-flavored design roundels. I like the old 60s roundels. And that was the coolest look, and I think it's the most appropriate way for the doc- this w- doctor dresses. Uh, it's got sort of an Edwardian look about it. Not the actual console. It's the bits and pieces lying around. Cricket bats, maps, and odds and ends and things. There's a Jules Verne quality to it. And I would like to make it more Ball House. I can, a thousand points for the Ball House reference. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of... This is going to sound kind of strange. Something about this image just looks right. Yeah, I know why. <laughs> the, li- the lime green console, too. The picture of him from uh, the Doctor Who Experience trailer. Um, I kind of see where he's coming from. I mean, I, we, we've been... I, at the very least, more roundels. We, yeah. We've been very spoiled from the... We, we've had eight years of the show and one, two... Technically, ten three, years now on, since it rebooted. Three different TARDIS control rooms. Four, if you count the new lighting scheme. Are you counting the War Doctors mended, melded? Happy Doctor Who Day, by the way. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. happy fifty-first <laughs> <laughs> so anniversary appropriate that we celebrated tonight with games. So. Was it tonight? No, it was the 23rd. Oh, it is the 23rd. Past well, it's past, past midnight, midnight now. now so. yeah. Still, oh, happy, still happy, happy, uh, 23rd. Yeah. Happy birthday <laughs> to the doc. 51st. That's right. Um, so in, in a way, I kind of feel like, you know, oh, they changed it again. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't until I read that comment where he said, it's Matt's control room, and I kind of thought, you know, he's right. I, I, I would have never really... Pegged that because for me, Matt's control room is the first one the, with the multi level stairs, yeah. and the that that's what I will always think of as, as Matt's control room. But Capaldi's doctor doesn't really fit in this one. It's well, he, he's trying to make it kind of his own with the wing back chair and the bookshelves and the it's, chalkboard. It's still and, uh, he'd be more at home, know. he'd be more at home I in the movie console room. But. I mean, we had. Nine and ten share yeah. a TARDIS console or a TARDIS room and console, control room and console. I agree for yeah. a long time. Matt got two. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, but, but that was also out of film, changing filming locations, and that the old one wouldn't fit where they're going to film now, so they had to build a new one. So if, if we're going to have to build it, let's, design than anything let's, else. Let's, let's redesign. It. And uh, you know, uh, uh, Davison and, and Colin and Sylvester all had. Essentially the same. I mean, Davison technically got two, at least two different consoles, um, but um, the same room anyway for theirs. Yeah. So, tis true. And most of the doctors, I think, would 
Except for Pertwee's, his was different every time he stepped into it. (laughs) I wonder what it would look like if they kind of did a meld of the two and leave the center console as it is and kind of the upper level stairs and stuff and just remove those walls and brought in like different rounded walls. That'd be kind of a compromise. It's still kind of the main console, the most expensive part to make is still the same and the rest you just kind of swap out the background. Hmm. I don't know. I'd, I like, to, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to see him in eights. I think. I think. Uh, I think. Speaking of Victorian, I think he'd look really good in front of the steampunk console. Yeah, I think we're overthinking. This. I know. <laughs> he's right. I mean, the BBC is not going to spend money he, on it if I they don't have to. I think he fits just fine in the one he's in, especially since the, the, the bookcase with the changes the they made. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to imagine him now in something. Change different. the color of the Gallifreyan print around the top. And you're good to go. <laughs> It's definitely warmer with all it's the not orange. As blue. Yeah, yeah, it's orange. So. It was very green, I thought. Yeah. Maybe green, if, pro- if Capaldi promises to stick around for three more seasons, that would be a new console. <laughs> he did also say in these interviews that he doesn't plan on regenerating anytime soon. <laughs> That's good. Well, he's been confirmed for season nine. Yep. And yes. I heard ten that he had, that there was a oh, three-year contract. Yet, but the, the, maybe. Everybody's focusing on nine. Everybody's yeah. going, oh, we got him for another year. Well, yeah, because they think Moffat's done after that. So. Well, I think it would also... I don't know. It might be good to have a transitional doctor it, the important for thing, show well, The important thing was that he's sticking around for nine because there was, for the longest time, a lot of speculation he was only going to be a doc- the doctor for a year. So, yeah. Which, uh, you know, if Series 8 hadn't been as well-received as it was, he may have. They might have moved on to another doctor and he could have got a Colin Baker boot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they would have done Christmas and regenerated. That would, that would have been the horrible, skewed 1985 reference <laughs> Whatever we did, Capaldi got fired after only one season, and they went younger again, and this guy really sucks. Let's move on to feedback. They got Robert Pattinson as oh, a doctor. <laughs> Continuing the long line of, hey, I was in Doctor Who, and then I was the doctor. <laughs> Pattinson wasn't in Doctor Who. Robert, Spider-Man, right? No, that's no, Andrew Garfield. That's Andrew Garfield. Robert Pattinson. I would be okay with Andrew Garfield. Oh, no, the, the, Twilight. the Twilight guy. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> No, not Harry right Potter. Potter. <laughs> yes, the Harry Potter guy. Yeah, well, I, I, I liked him in Harry Potter. I did too. <laughs> Small part. He, yeah. Death. <laughs> of course, I saw that after Twilight had come out. So really, really, I came to the Harry Potter movies really late. Oh wow! Like I only saw the last right. one in the theaters. Yeah, I, I only right. picked up the, the movies because I was playing the first Lego game and it didn't make sense. <laughs> so I finished the game and I'm like, I think I need to watch these. And then I borrowed them all from Sean. I guess I'll have to go back and watch the and Twilight films. God, did I not? Get ready for the Twilight, Twilight Lego game. I've only read the first three books. Oh, bite your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so I was wondering if somebody would pick up on that. <laughs> Please tell me they're not champing at the bit. No, 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 no. No, they're too busy with Lego Batman 3. Uh, Which I just got the news today. Well, not today. This last week that uh, they're going, they've got an expansion pack for the Arrow characters. And Stephen Amell is the voice of Arrow. Yeah! So excited. Sorry. You could go to I space. might actually like Stephen Amell. Lego characters should not talk. Uh, I agree. So but if they're going to talk, if they're going to talk, Arrow should be Stephen Amell. 
Uh, and Batman should be uh, Will Arnett. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Kevin Conroy. That should, that should only be in the realm it's, of. It's of, Kevin Conroy yeah, for no. now and forever. It's always. It, Kevin it should be in the realm of the, the, the Lego, Lego Batman movie. movie is going to touch on every era. Please tell me there's going to be a cartoon series Lego Batman, and they'll get Kevin Conroy to do that. Ooh, that'd be cool. They need to. Okay, feedback. Feedback. <laughs> uh, this is from Eric. He writes. Frobisher Archive. Unfortunately, we got this a little after we got started or we finished recording last week. So, hey guys, it's been a while. The reason for that is that I haven't seen any of series uh, season eight past listen. <gasps> I guess I could have watched the rest on my own, but I feel badly about not watching with my wife. She's extremely busy with work this semester, and we've had a lot of farm work to do. And while there have been a few times that we've watched movies as a family, there's no way my boys are watching Listen anytime <laughs> soon. So I guess I'll have to wait. It's proven impossible to stay clear of spoilers, but I must say, I must say, well, sorry, it's proven impossible to stay clear of spoilers, I must say. Yes. Well, it is without staying up to date on Doctor Who Legacy. Did they really <laughs> do that to the brig? For shame. <laughs> Well, I'm back you to, now. You have to you have to put it in context, I think. Yeah, but I mean, some of our some of our listeners are legitimately, you know, they not happy like it about it, yeah. and some of us are a little it more okay. Me. <laughs> well, I'm back now that I don't have to worry about being completely spoiled, and now that I now that I have something I can give feedback on, as I have finally got given the gotten the opportunity to dip into Big Finish. I started with the Marion conspiracy. It was all right, but nothing special. I wasn't terribly impl- impressed by the plot, but maybe that's my lack of interest in, t- in the tutors speaking. What I was impressed by was how easy it, uh, to follow it was. I didn't have problems with audiobooks, and lately have gone, uh, taken to putting English subtitles on anything I can to help me follow dialogue, but this was perfectly clear, so I went ahead and got the two Frobisher plays for tonight. The Holy Terror... This was, a, this was slow for me to warm up to. At first, I couldn't quite place what seemed wrong to me. So I kept going. Then I checked some reviews on it and was surprised to find that it was highly rated. Then I saw some spoilers. About halfway through, it occurred to me that the play seemed as if the author was just trying to emulate Terry Pratchett without letting people realize he was doing it. The tone and themes are just like what you'd find in a Pratchett book, and it seems at first that this empire could have easily fit into some obscure corner of the of the Discworld. It just wasn't very funny. In the end, I thought it was very creative. I just wish it didn't leave so many unanswered questions about Eugene and the place they were in. I think the resolution would have been better if it were explained by trying to tie the story to the mind robber. Yeah. I could see that. It's funny, um, you said last week you kind of you you equated it to it trying to be a uh, Douglas Adams. Yeah, and you said that, and I thought eh, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I can't quite put my finger on why Terry Pratchett. It's much closer. It's Terry Pratchett. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't until I read that this this week when it came in that I went, oh yeah, okay, See, that I makes a lot more sense. But he's right; so. it's a Terry Pratchett, but it's not funny. So it's it's like him trying to emulate him, but no humor. In all fairness to Terry Pratchett, there are sometimes he's not funny. <laughs> well, and I, I haven't read the whole Discord I mean, series. Uh, uh, Odd Duck Phil so. right now is automatically at the keyboard for my saying that. <laughs> he's the one that introduced me to Pratchett. And don't get me wrong, I like Pratchett. I enjoy Pratchett. But there are many times where, in, in, just as you go through and you read this, the Discord is a wonderful place full of these obscure, bonkers characters, and they're just a lot of fun. But there's a lot of times... 
where you can see very early on, like two chapters in, he's setting up a joke. And we're going to plot along and keep dropping these little pieces of this joke. And then you get to the payoff and you're like, and there it is. And it's just like, oh, really, dude? And so you just kind of go to the next book and hope that that one's a little bit better. Some of them are legit. I mean, I've laughed out well, loud. Hogfather was reading. fantastic, I yeah, thought. Hogfather's That's a great one. one. And... I really liked Moving Pictures. Moving Pictures was good. I and that was that one that well. had a joke set up that I didn't realize he was going with yeah. it the way he went with it. But then there were a lot of other ones that was like um, Soul Music I didn't like. And... Uh, I haven't read that one. You write Good Omens? Uh, Bloody Gaiman. Um, I think that's, I think a, co-written game, that's a co-written yeah, by both of them. Yeah, yeah Game and Pratchett. Okay. That's, yeah. I own that one. I haven't read it yet. But at any rate, yes, uh, uh, Terry Pratchett, you're right, Eric, was a much closer comparison dartboard uh, throw than what I came up with with Adam. <laughs> uh, he continues with, I'm running out of time, so I'll just say that the Maltese Penguin was not funny and hard to follow. <laughs> I'm not really sure what went on. Anyways, I hope I got this in on time, and hope you've noticed the gift I sent you. Until next time, Eric. I had to ask you guys because I read this. I couldn't remember what the gift was. Was it the Patreon? Was that him? Yes, that, that, yeah. that was him. So, did yes, we, we mention that? Yeah, we did we mention that. Last oh, we week, but last I could week. I couldn't remember. And then I thought, did he give us something else? And then I thought, oh, okay. Well, he must be referring to the Patreon uh, subscription. Gift. And gift, thank you whatever. very much yeah. for that. I don't know if, it was, if he subscribed or it was a one time gift, but either way, yeah, either way, yes, thank, thank you, you very Eric, much, very much. And we did mention it last week, and yes. you'll get to that eventually when you finish series. Because I'm sure you'll go back and listen now. So. It was last week, so it would have been on the Frobisher Archive. Oh, it was on the Frobisher Archive. Yeah, yeah that's right. And I, I feel kind of bad because Eric's the one that wrote in asking, what big finish are you going to do so that I can jump right, in on it? He, and he, he, yeah, he was trying to figure out trying trying to figure what to buy. What to buy. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it sounds like we kind of gave him a couple of meh yeah, stories yeah, to start for him, with yeah. uh, for him. Um, and Eric, I will say, I, at least from our reviews, I think that we thought Maltese Penguin was really good, and it was funny, but probably funnier with... Context. Context and a little bit more big finish background behind you. Um, yeah. yeah. As we discussed, holy. Such a different departure of format. Uh, yeah. Well, and and it's both of them. like are he hated way. Holy Terror, but he didn't like. He definitely didn't like Maltese Penguin. He didn't think it was. Funny. And he thought Marion Conspiracy was kind of blah. But yeah. as I agree with him, I'm not all that big yeah, on Marian, the tutors. So. Marion, I think. It, it I suppose we didn't give enough guidance because I think I would have steered him clear of Marion Conspiracy, even though I, think, I thought I think it was we just a fun pointed story. that out because it was the yeah. first Evelyn story, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah. and you got to kind of go with her arc, yeah. Because I love the story because of her, but overall, it's not yeah. the greatest. It's, story that's, that's definitely one that you listen to from the film. So, sorry if we steered you the wrong. Characters right? too. So, our bad. We'll, we'll try and. Um, Dr. Phil. Go ask Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Scared so. <laughs> no, don't, don't. I'm kidding, Eric. Don't jump in. Don't jump into Scared so. Don't jump in. You got to build towards Scared so. Or Zagreya. Or. <laughs> the light or, at the or, end, Eric. Go or, get that one. Or, or anything. That yeah, one you that can one go pick up. Go do. Or, yeah, don't do anything in the uh, Divergent Universe. <laughs> Not for a while. Uh, he did write back in. He said, hey, guys. Um, well, he said, Frobisher continued plus flip-flop. Hey, guys. Hopefully this one will get in on time, and you can read this right after last week's late feedback. Well, we will. We will. Thanks for your advice. First off, I gave my reviews of the audios, but I never really said much about Frobisher himself. Perhaps my problem is that I haven't read any of the comics, but I wasn't really terribly excited by him in these plays. Maybe I'd like him better if I got to experience him in a visual medium. Or maybe I wouldn't, since I have a slight aversion to penguins due to a nightmare I once I 
I once had in which I was being chased down by a tribe of spear-chucking penguins that were under the influence of mind-controlling alien fungus in the flooded dirts, dirt roads of northern Florida. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> those beady eyes were filled that with might the, be it. <laughs> those beady eyes were filled with the purest evil I have ever seen. <laughs> wow. I don't blame you. Dibs. <laughs> There is, new, there is new fan fiction coming. <laughs> <laughs> the Sixth Doctor and Frobisher will find themselves in the dirt roads of northern Florida. <laughs> where for some reason... How is that not a story? Mind-controlling alien fungus and taking over penguins? Yeah. <laughs> An entire tribe of spear-chucking penguins in northern Florida. And that's, Frobisher has to be the ambassador to keep them from doing so. Yeah, that, that's that's genius. I right? think you got to give Eric a cameo. Oh, yeah. Frobisher should mention Eric's name in this way. <laughs> Well, he'll be he'll be the uh, he'll be the, uh, the 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 trapper who's yeah, there who's go. killed there right off go. the bat at the beginning of the right. story, and then you know the doctor shows up and they oh, don't care <laughs> off. They're discovered just, just by the cops. Road. They're discovered by the cops in the Florida Everglades, standing over the dead body. Of course, <laughs> this thing writes itself. <laughs> and the cops aren't concerned with the fact that there's a talking penguin. They're concerned about this guy who killed somebody. <laughs> Those beady eyes were filled with the purest evil I've ever seen. But you know who will rescue the doctor in Frobisher? Gator. <laughs> no, 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 no Gator. Oh, no. It's the greatest movie ever. No. It's Burt Reynolds. No. In the Everglades. It is Burt Reynolds, but no. On a boat. <laughs> no. Watch a better one. Watch Hooper. <laughs> Hooper is a great movie. Oh, Hooper's fantastic. Uh, Eric continues. Uh, anyway, I hope to be able to watch Par- uh, Paradise Towers with a subscription to Hulu Plus, but I discovered that they didn't have that one. Yeah, unfortunately they don't. I started with the Dominators, but didn't get to finish it in time. Did Leptonite Crystals come into play, or did the Quarks just get blown up with lasers? Uh, actually, boulders. <laughs> Spoilers, Eric. Rocks. They were defeated by rocks. Yeah. We'll have some comments on the court. That's okay. Daleks were defeated by a lake. (laughs) What do you know? El Dorado means great big rock. (laughs) Uh, He continues, finally, flip-flop. It's certainly an interesting experiment, and I applaud Big Finish for trying it. I'm not sure much about the Slithergees. I don't buy their technological advancement in in spite of their blindness and their dependence on others. And it does mean, and does this mean that there are conceivably two alternate universes spawning from this experience? My biggest problem with it, ultimately, is the assassination. It seems to me that just prior to the assassination attempt, their slash attempt, there should be a moment where both versions of the four time travelers meet and attempt to stop each other. I just can't accept that there are two versions of the event before the action even occurs. Oh well, I'll leave it there. Have a good one, guys, and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Eric. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you, Eric. We'll get the flip-flop in a little bit, too. Up next is Holly. Holly writes, 204, Paradise Towers and Flip-Flop. Hey, guys. Paradise Towers. Interesting story with the Doctor and Mel. I'm really wondering where Mel's fascinations of swimming pools is coming from. Unless this is her way of nagging the Doctor to fix the swimming pool in the TARDIS. Although Seven mentions they jettisoned it because it was leaking. At least we know the swimming pool gets fixed later in the future. The red and blue Kangs reminded me slightly of the Happiness Patrol group. 
Tabby and Tilda, two of the resis of the tower, are rather interesting to say the least. Let's just say I wouldn't be going over there for tea and crumpets. <laughs> Thank heavens the inside of their apartment wasn't decorated like a gingerbread house. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, that's the kind of vibe I was getting off them when they kept saying they needed to fatten Mel up. Then Peck shows up in the scene. He thinks he needs to save and protect Mel, and she's not too impressed with his antics of showing how strong he is. His helping was more of a hindrance in some cases. Plus, it seemed like the Doctor can't travel anywhere without him getting a death threat these days. I was chuckling at the scene with the Doctor and the two caretakers that were in charge keeping an eye on him while the head caretaker went to check on an incident in another section weren't the brightest caretakers in Paradise Tower's crayon box. <laughs> Everyone teaming up at the end, putting the differences aside to take care of the cleaners and the main character was nice to see. Pex's sacrifice redeemed him of being a scaredy cat. The Pex lives that was spray-painted in the background behind the TARDIS after it disappears was a nice touch. All in all, a pretty good story. Flip-flop. Interesting setup for this audio. You get to decide which version of the story you think is actually true. Mel and the Doctor are trying their best to get what they need to head back and get rid of the quarks. The whole traveling back in time with Stuart and Reed to get rid of the Bailey brings up the going back in time to change history can be for the good or the bad, and the Doctor not really wanting to do it. All in all, a decent audio. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Our last bit of feedback comes from Chrissy. And Chrissy writes, This is a song that doesn't end. It goes on and on, my friend. Some people started singing it not knowing what it was. You didn't sing it? This is the song that doesn't (laughs) end. It goes on and on, my friend. I've never heard this, this third line, though, in it. My wife knows this song, and I've, she's never had this. Some people some pe- started singing it, not knowing what it was, and they'll continue singing it forever just because it's just a song. Maybe that she does. only sings the first part. <laughs> that's doesn't. why I don't, I don't know it, but I know I know the first part is the song. That, that, yeah, well, you got to get to that to loop, loop back, back around. around, which is yeah, flip flop, messed yep. up. Dear Vortex Boys, got that stung, suck it, yeah. got that song stuck in your head, didn't I? Evil cackle, maniacal <laughs> laugh, maniacal yes. laugh. <laughs> Excuse me. First off, happy Doctor Who Day! 51 years, hooray! It's a lot more low-key this year than last year was, but still have to make a mention of it, right? Absolutely. And happy, yep. happy Doctor happy Who Day Doctor to Who you, Day. Chris. <clears throat> Busy. Paradise Towers. Glenn, remember your whole tirade about the exaggerated characters during your <laughs> review of the Unicorn and the Wasp? I want to hear that only doubled up for Paradise Towers. Holy crap! The story is nothing but stereotypes and shallow tropes, and I have no idea what else is going on here. Frankly, the story is awful. There's practically nothing here to enjoy. The only time I ever felt like there was anything interesting that I wanted to know more about is at the end when the doctor, I think, I can't even remember now, (laughs) implores the residents of Paradise Tower to put aside their differences and try to get along with each other. There was a good message in there about finding common ground and being good neighbors with those who are different than you, but that was completely buried in this ridiculous clownish characters of pseudo-Nazis and militant color-coded feminists and snobby old ladies and one idiotic muscle-head wannabe who actually, who's actually a complete ta- coward. Oh, and Mel gets attacked by a mechanical crab thing because she was dumb enough to go swimming in the pool where it was hiding. Has this girl... Na- now seen Jaws? <laughs> Has this girl now seen Jaws? Uh, 
Huh? I, think, I think she meant never. She must have meant never. Or not. 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 Yeah, I bet that's what it was. Has this girl not seen Jaws? To be fair to Mel in that scene, really, <laughs> it's not like it's the ocean. I, <laughs> I don't jump into a pool and expect there to be a creature to attack me. Yeah, but you're in an apartment that's whacked out anyway. You should expect the pool's going to be no surprise. With everything else that was wrong <laughs> in those buildings. I'm, I'm yeah. assuming that thing was stripping cool. down. But her, her ultimate goal was to go swimming. That's and she, she put wanted. that forth at the very beginning of the story. It might have been improved if it had been a musical episode. We had some, some fun with that during Friday Night Who. But other than that, I can say I've seen this one once, and that is more than enough for me. Flip-flop. I'm of two minds on this story. <laughs> I like what she did there. <laughs> on the one hand, it's clever storytelling technique. You can put this story on repeat on your iPod and have it play over and over again, and it would always make sense. On the other hand, that's the problem with it. It never ends. Nothing ever really gets resolved, and the problems are still there after the Doctor and Mel leave both times. And maybe that's the point, that the Doctor can't solve everything, and maybe the Doctor shouldn't solve everything. Some planets just have their issues, and time travel isn't going to fix everything. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this story and liked to listen to it, and the characters were a lot of fun, and I'm sure that I'll listen to it again. As long as I don't think too hard about the ramifications of what happens here and that the planet is stuck in a constant time loop forever. It's a real cool story. And I did think that, or I, and I, excuse me, and I did like that the planet was called Puxatani, appropriate Groundhog Day reference there. <laughs> That's all I've got, except for Sean, stop being a Grinch. And I can't believe Keith has never seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I've seen it. I just haven't seen it a million times to know all the characters. Or recent, even. Or recent. <laughs> what kind of deprived childhood did you have? <laughs> okay, I'm kidding about your childhood being deprived. But seriously, you need to fill in some of your Christmas special watching. You didn't You're question, missing out. You didn't question me when my favorite Christmas movie was Nightmare Before Christmas? <laughs> but you saw that when you were older. Well, well maybe not. <laughs> I forget. I always I forget how young you are. When did that come out? 98? Uh, no. Oh. 96? Uh, no. I want to say 94 or 95. Uh, I was working at Blockbuster. So I it had to have been, been 96. It might have been 96. Uh, it was out when I was working. Ninety three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I was close to the first. Wow. Time. So it, it probably came out on VHS and what ninety four. Yeah. So I was, you know what? I would have seen it. I moved in fourth grade. I moved Jurassic Park. to Topeka in '94. <laughs> I probably saw Jurassic Park before. So I saw that same, Topeka same, same in '94, and one of the first films I saw here was Nightmare Before Christmas. So that's that was I know I didn't movie. see it in the theater. I think I came to. I think I came to it even later than that. Like yeah. middle school was when I first came across it. So there you go. Or not? I said Blockbuster. Suncoast is what I meant. Yeah. I was too busy watching Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Escape from uh, Planet of the bye Apes. Bye for now, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Am I a Grinch because I work retail? Is that where she's going with that? No, you're a Grinch because you're bah humbugging Christmas. Only people who feel the need to climb up on their roofs in the middle of a rainstorm <laughs> the week before Thanksgiving. And by gosh, I almost got it done. <laughs> I, I, after Thursday, both of us will not be as bah humbuggy about that's Christmas right. stuff. That's right. Really, good, I was surprised. Good, because I'm bringing the Christmas music with me next week. Oh, <laughs> I still get tired of the Christmas music. The first couple of times I hear the songs, it's okay. It's just there aren't enough. What if I bring, not you, enough what if I bring you some variations? Yeah, How's, give me that bring be? me something different. Okay, I'll do that. It's, it's always the same tens Christmas songs I li- played I have on like, a loop. I have like six hundred Christmas albums. Uh, you so. know, we 
we went to Kmart to do some Christmas shopping. Even Chuck E. Cheese was playing Christmas music. And, and walked in, and they were already playing music. And they, were, they already had the Christmas songs on. And I, I literally I stopped when I got in the door, and I almost that's, turned around and walked out. It was like, so I'm, you walk I'm in done. and go, oh, I got some Christmas shopping to do. It's smart on there. It is. No, it's not it's smart on there. It it's, it's, they almost lost a sale because it's like <laughs> they, don't, they don't drive most people out. So, no, most people aren't bung, bug humbuggy or whatever you said last <laughs> you, week. You know, you know the cartoon that's making the rounds on Facebook with the turkey pointing the feather at Santa, going, "November's my month, fat boy, get back in line." That's kind of where I'm at with this. I did think that was funny. I, that's kind of where I'm at with this. It's just, I, I love Christmas okay, in I'm, its place. I'm gonna I'm gonna set up in, in defense here. <laughs> Everybody knows that Christmas is my holiday. It's my favorite holiday. Absolutely love Christmas, and it starts from November first to to December thirty first, even January sixth. I'll give you that. Okay, but what do you mean you'll give? You're going to take it? No, I'm going to take that. (laughs) So here's here's what I'm here's no, I'm giving you that if you want to end it for the thirty first or the first, then I'm fine with that. But here's the thing: the other thing that that is part of this is. I don't think there's any one individual holiday in there that isn't important or special. And by that I mean from November 1st to December 31st is the holiday season. And whether you're talking Christmas or Thanksgiving or Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or Yom Kippur or Saturnilla or any of the number of Kwanzaa, any of the, or I said Kwanzaa, uh, Festivus, any of the number of holidays in there is what I do is I look at this as a one all inclusive holiday event. The last two months of the year is where the majority of religions and traditions and social events and things like that happens. And it's all about good things and positive attitudes and giving and sharing and donating to charities and helping those that are in need and all of those things. And so I ball that up into one giant ball. And Christmas is only a small part of that. I'm I'm so grateful for everybody that is able to have something for the holiday season, some sort of day to focus on, whether it be you know Yuletide, which is a, a you know a, a, a broad range of days um, in the Feast of Stephen, any of that thing. It is all part of what I consider the Christmas season because it's my favorite part of it. But they're all kind of encompassed in that same love, uh, in that that human element. That is necessary, and that starts from November first, and it goes all the way to December thirty first, or the sixth in my case, or January sixth in my case. But so that's I, 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 why I am so more accepting of all of the elements of it, even though Christmas does tend to dominate it. Because okay, first of all, it started as a Christian holiday, and number two, it's probably the most widely accepted secular holiday as well, or by the sec- by the secular world as well. So it, that's that's why. I and am the rest in such of the world joy and celebrating love this season because I'm so happy that everybody has something to celebrate at this time of year. So. I agree with your sentiment. I just wanted to start at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I just don't Thanksgiving's want that month. only one of those holidays. I, I, I just, I, that, that should be the kickoff. Although, unfortunately, Thanksgiving is getting overrun with shopping. Well, and you got Thanksgiving. Any, I believe. Uh, well, uh, although November also shares Ramadan, I, I well, did yours as well. Here's the, here's the deal. Here's the definitive make my argument. First Don't get me wrong. Very very lovely sentiment. You almost convinced me. But <laughs> here's the definitive way this works. Okay, Thanksgiving morning is the Macy's Day Parade. Uh-huh. And That's kickoff of Christmas. There's floats. No, it isn't. Oh. There's floats. And there's balloons. And there's marching bands. And there's bad announcers. And you go through all of that. And at the end of the parade is Santa. Right. 
because now it is Christmas. That is the kickoff. But here's the, you got to get through the all the rest here's, of them balloons first, whether you've eaten or not. Here's the argument. You got to get through yeah, all the rest no, of that stuff. The argument, then you, you get still to haven't Santa. had Thanksgiving dinner, so automatically you have already melded and crossed sure. those two worlds. And as well. I'm, I'm fine with that. You got to wait till Thanksgiving. <laughs> it is not Christmas until Santa rolls his fat butt down. But how many 57th of those? Street. How many of those floats are? Pilgrims and Indians and cornucopias. Not nearly as many fall. as there used to no, be because now it's not, all Power Rangers and Garfield. But and it's <laughs> also if you if you if you count, probably at least a third of those floats are seasonal or Christmas themed. Sure, but they don't count because the whole parade is the kickoff. Santa, Santa is the benchmark. If it's any consolation, when Thanksgiving Day rolls around, my focus is funneled into Thanksgiving. It's not a Christmas day for me. It is a Thanksgiving day because that is the one day that's set aside for Thanksgiving. So from sunup to sundown, even with the parade and Santa being the official kickoff, that's the Thanksgiving day. So I narrow my focus onto that, and then I broaden back out. It's kind of like a um, hourglass. You build up to Thanksgiving. You have the parade. Santa comes. You have family. You have food and turkey and cranberry shaped like a can. Then you put the tree up. Happy. Then, then you, you put the tree the up. And on, you do all on that Friday. Stuff on Thanksgiving no, so that you don't see. Most see, people do it on we Thanksgiving. Would, we would so. go If you watch Friday. football, you slip into the food coma. Right, so right. it's either watch football and slip into the food it's coma. It's just a football or decorating. We'd always go on Friday, get our tree from the tree farm. It's sit in the garage for a week in the water and then go up. That's too cold to do that here. But our <laughs> we tried that once our and the water froze. <laughs> the tree died. Our listeners are are realizing how grinchy and scroogey you guys both Humbug. are. So Humbug, I say. I never claimed that wasn't. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I embrace my grinchiness. You, you know me. You've known me for a very, very long time. You know that I am a huge Christmas fanatic. Except for the fact that I work retail and it is leeching the joy out of the season for me. You know that. It's true. You got to get out of retail, man. I got to get out of retail. (laughs) You'll love it. Except for when you actually have to work the holiday. (laughs) Keith's falling down on that that side of it today. Although although I'm falling down on the other side of it for Thanksgiving. uh, We were doing dinner this time, this time, this time. Five different directions. Oh, it'd be so much easier if I worked. I wouldn't have to go to any of them. <laughs> I did that with, when I talked about the schedule change at work. I was commentating, uh, commentating to a uh, uh, commented to a customer. You were That's commentating. A, I was commentating. <laughs> was it was a movie on. You just kept making comments about the film. I was that guy. Uh, commented to a customer about Black Friday, and she said, "Oh, there's nothing out here that you know. There's nothing I need that badly." I said, "Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't come out. I'm, you know, I'm not coming out this year." And Matt walked up and says, "Yeah, you are." It's like, what do you mean? Yeah, he says, well, you're working the sale. I was like, what do you mean I'm working the sale? I said, I changed the schedule. I said, when were you going to let me know this? Because I figured you guys checked it. I said, Matt, we take pictures of it when you post it and then go on about our lives. If you're going to change it, you need to let us know. Once I take a picture of it, it's set in stone. Yes. If you're going to change it, you need to let us know. So I'm actually Unless working. you bring me the chisel and the hammer and show me you've changed it. He, he, he changed it. I'm working Wednesday morning and Friday morning on either side of Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're closed Thanksgiving. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I have class Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right? And he went, oh, yeah, you can't do that. I said, well, fortunately for you, I can this week because we only have class Monday <laughs> because of the holiday. Of, so, yeah. yes, I'll come in. But you got to let people know if you're changing the <laughs> schedule. So then I got to go home and deliver that news to Mel. Guess what? What time do you open on Black Friday? 6 a.m. Ooh. 
right. Well, we open at seven. Oh. I take it back. I have to be there at six. We have to. Be, we I won't be anywhere near Wanamaker on Black Friday. Not that I have a problem with Black Friday. It's fine. People like to do that. That's not my thing anymore. Well, and it used Black, to be. Black Friday is not as I mean, for us. It's people coming in. Kind of no, nobody tramples down our door. Oh, you don't have doorbusters. Yeah, or, there's no. It's, you know, we have a sale, and it's for three hours in the morning. You're that you, place that people go between their destinations. Yes. Or, you know, we got or, some time to kill. Let's run over to let's go over to stock, stock and see and, what. Yeah. I've been up all night. I'm not quite ready to pass out. Let's see what they have. Yeah. On sale. <laughs> All we haven't headed over for breakfast yet. Let's hit this place. All the other places are open. So, there's that. All right. Well, let's move on to... Paradise Towers. i got to angle the light. Hold on. Uh, according to the sales brochure, Paradise Towers is a utopian blueprint for community living with its fabulous architecture and state-of-the-art facilities. The perfect place for Mel to take a leisurely swim, in fact... But when the TARDIS arrives, the Doctor and his companion discover that the futuristic tower block has fallen into ruin and a series of unexplained disappearances have the tenants living in fear. As gangs of teenage girls run wild in the hallways, a squad of bureaucratic caretakers struggle to gain con- uh, regain control. To keep the citizens of Paradise Tower safe, the Doctor must confront the resident evil lurking in the basement. Glenn's gearing I'm it up. Trying. <laughs> Sean wasn't using his computer for. I, I, I won't. must confront the Resident Evil lurking in the basement. It is my iPad, which is doing funny things today too. So I don't know if I would fully give it a horn. Oh, I'm going to fully give it a horn. Okay, so this is what Glenn gives it. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Mine there finally up. <laughs> well, I, we'll give it. We'll give it two horns. Give it an horn. I, I'd give it a. Dun, 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 dun. I wouldn't go. The fi- I, would, I, I wouldn't give it the it final. Go flat at the end. The, the final act is kind of what lifts it up a little bit for me. As bad as it is, and this is this is legitimately a bad story. I couldn't give it a horn. There are elements to it that I genuinely like, and and going through and watching it a second time. Now, admittedly, I had Katrina in my lap, so I wasn't able to devote as much attention to it as I wanted, but. I, so you remembered it from the I, first I, re- time? I remembered that I hadn't seen all of it, specifically that fourth act. That I don't know if I'd ever, I don't know yeah, if I'd ever gotten to finish week. it. Um, I can understand if it weren't yeah. in omnibus format, sitting in front of me, just continuing playing. I might not have came back. Yeah, week after I mean, week. That, that was kind of, and I, I don't think that I did. But um, I don't hate it. It's not one I'll own. It's one that I could probably. I think I could probably give my mother, and she would probably enjoy it. She's a big Sylvester fan, and he's the, one of the best parts of the story. Unfortunately, he's a little underused through most of it. I'd agree with that. I agree with that. Um, okay, so the bigger problem is the beginning, the first two probably, trying to set up this atmosphere in this world, which doesn't make a lick of sense. It's an apartment building. Call in actual police or military or something. Well, I think the other thing is that they don't... It's not like this is a whole planet. That's the problem, is they if they had established that this is it, this is this all is that's all on this is. planet... It's, it's on this lone asteroid elsewhere, and yeah, you can exactly. never leave the building. If they had implied that even, that would make I so would have much been more a sense. little better with a little bit, minute bit better with it. <laughs> and so you're setting up this insane world that doesn't make sense, and these... Gangs that are saying words that are just word salad. <laughs> I liked that for, aspect of it. For you Boston legal fans. 
it's just and it, it and it meanders about trying to find its direction, and then finally the chief caretaker gets taken over, and it's boom going, and that's when the story gets good, I think. <laughs> and, and the acting's horrible. In comparison, and the guy's well, around and it's, I'm not uh, saying he doesn't cheese it up. <laughs> oh, he totally cheeses. <laughs> so he's chewing the scenery. I'm surprised there's feet, scenery left yeah. for him to. Well, because he was chewing it already, and yeah. then just with the change, it was even worse. But at least the story gets interesting. Oh my gosh! All these no, wonderful no, people he, in my no, building. No, no. They, they, they focus way too much in the beginning on these gangs, and not enough about the people being eaten by this machine in the basement, <laughs> and then the random people that. The residents who have (laughs) (laughs) things are so bad in this complex that they've gone to cannibalism. (laughs) Get out of the building! (laughs) (laughs) There's a grocery store somewhere, I'm sure. (laughs) Obviously, they aren't going. (laughs) They're choosing to kidnap people and pump them up and eat them. I'm, I'm sure there was a grocery store on floor 50. But it was probably the first thing the Kangs burned down when they took over. <laughs> it did very much have a bit of a the gang, the Kangs specifically had a very happiness patrol feel to it, which I kind of appreciated that aspect of it. Slightly, I don't it's, appreciate it's it. It's not as good slightly. as I mean, happiness. Here's here's something the, you don't hear the, every the day. Happiness is, though, patrol did it better. The, the difference, though, well, the, the major difference here, though, guys, is in happiness. But the only thing that really is similar in my mind is the look, it's, because in happiness patrol, they're enforcers. They are the law. It, it, they're it, the it, ones they, that they, they are the caretakers. They took the in this one and the caretakers. In and this one, them they are the uh, uh, gangs. They're the lowlifes. They're the the, the criminal, well, well, quasi criminals. I mean, they weren't that bad, but. They were they're, misplaced. They're, they were they're, the homeless. They were the kings. I mean, they're best. They're the ones they snapping were, down the hallways and singing. Yeah, and when they were the, the right. They were the sharks and the jets. I'm not. Which would have led to even more of a possibility of a musical. And we did. Chrissy alluded to this in her feedback. If this had been a musical, I probably would have been more accepting of it because we just joked about how there were so many instances where the dialogue was so sappy and melodramatic that it just every time Mel and Pex said anything, you felt like they were setting up a song. Pex particularly. Gosh. <laughs> it's, it, honestly... Want to see me bend this light post? <laughs> For no reason? I'm just going to jump up and pull it off the ceiling. Not very convincingly, because it looks like it wasn't nailed up very well to begin with. <laughs> Ooh, I almost broke that. It's, it's almost one of those stories that it's so... It's it, it goes up to that line of being so bad it's good. This is no. <laughs> I said almost. It doesn't reach that line and it doesn't even come near that line. You can't even see that line from the line. I can see the line from the line. <laughs> Here, here's the deal. There's a lot going it on. It depends on, on how story. serious you're trying to make it. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the story. Yes, I think they were very heavily influenced by West Side Story. And, well, and and I and saw trying that, to fit that in an '80s no, gang motif. That's the only element of West Side Story that's there, though. Yeah. That's the problem. I, I think that there's a lot of Judge Dredd in this. Yeah, 
the, you know, there the is fact now. That, that, that there is, well, <laughs> well no, the comics would have been out by then. Yeah, but Dread back in the well, no, yes, I, I would yeah. agree. I would agree. I mean, it's, it's it's more easier to pick at it now. In go, fact, but that was another thing that would have worked for me had like Dread the movie. Had this been a place that was just so locked off and isolated that the that law enforcement just didn't mess with it and let it be its own community, I would have been fine with that. But I just have this in the back of my head, somebody call 911 or whatever the UK <laughs> equivalent of that there, or this planetary there equivalent. There has to be. I think in, in order for this story to work at all, I think you automatically have to accept that there is no city support structure beyond Paradise Towers. That it's not just the. It's but but the problem the is building. we have to extrapolate that on our own just based off of their behavior. You're, you're, you're right. We need a line dropped in about that. Yeah, it would have been very nice in the beginning in the in the video where the, before they even land. And, and I don't think there was anything about not that I not that I caught no, about no, when no, when Mel's no, watching no, the video no, or the when the doctor's watching the there video. There wasn't. I looked for it. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. It needed to be that. And in order for it to work, you kind of automatically have to assume that. So make the jump to that and go okay. Outside helps off the limits. Here's what we've got. We've got the caretakers and the gangs and this and that. And it still doesn't really work because no. you've got, <laughs> you know, at what point did the caretakers, caretakers slash security slash cops. <laughs> Which I agree with Holly. That bit with the doctor tricking the two was fun, was so great. One of the highlights of the early episodes. What the best thing about this episode was? The seventh doctor. That was it. That's yeah. all I could. I, in fact, I had to focus on that. I had to go. Okay, looking for the good. Is a bit, uh, no, Mel's blame in this. And 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 God bless about <laughs> Bonnie Lunford. I have never liked any of the Mel televised stories. Like you guys know, I'm not a fan of Delta Vanman. Dan Vanman. <laughs> I'm not a fan now of Paradise Towers. You know, which I think I've made that vocal all along. Uh, Time of the Ronnie is not my favorite story. You guys rave about it a lot, but I just I, I like I've never Ronnie. thought that was it. That's the There's one of the that's one of the, that's fun. That's one of the strongest season twenty four. Yeah. Um, Dragonfire is where I think Mel finally starts to shine, and guess what? She's she leaving. Yeah. <laughs> so and now that being said, I'm I, just like the Sixth Doctor. I think Mel has been given a reprise or a reprieve in yeah. the audios, and I think that she is so much better in there because they're actually focused on her as a character and making her better and exp- and, and then she's really embraced it and be able to, been able to do really wonderful things with this well, something role. I, something I noticed last night specifically, but coming on the heels of reading all the Furbisher Fur- comics, the setup for pretty much every single one of those comics was hey doc, I want to take a vacation. Yep. Let's, let's go on vacation. Let's go party. Let's go hang out. Let's go do this. Let's go have fun. Which Perry did a lot of. With six, and Frobisher did a lot of with six, and Mel does a lot of with seven, and and I think to be fair, they even kind of played with that a lot in uh, towards the end of uh, Peter Davison's run, yeah, yeah with, because with Tegan, Tegan, and, and Turlo, he was always promising to take them somewhere, and they finally end up at was it the I Orion, what was the the place where the Wherever rest where the five uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm confusing the Eye of Harmony, the Eye of Harmony, where you know they that's what no, not the Eye of Harmony. What, what was the place that they took them when the doctor started when they. He started having the, the spells because, yeah, because it, it was that location. That he had, it is the Iron Harmony. Yeah. He had promised to, you know, take him there for so long, and then they finally get there, and then suddenly, <laughs> well, we're ripped away. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've got to go find out why well, pieces of the doctor's missing now. And the two of them were still kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they didn't seem overly impressed with that. They weren't overly impressed. This is it, huh? I don't think they were as, ne- as in need of it as Perry and Mel and Frobisher were. <laughs> 
fuck well, Earth you know, after a thunderstorm. With, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I, I think that kind of suddenly lends to the overall... Eye of Orion. Yeah. It was Eye of Orion. Or the Eye of Orion. I thought so. Yeah. Eye of Orion, not Eye of Harmony. Is the, is the yeah, thing you're in the right. TARDIS that connects That's the all black all hole. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They have Harmony. Sorry, yeah. my bad. Okay. I thought it was Eye of Orion. Um, I think that's one of the things that kind of lends to this dislike of the 80s era of Doctor Who. And I, I think Paradise Towers kind of sums up a lot of what's going on with that, is that they don't have the strongest story structure there to begin with. That we're, we're, we're not out for adventure. We're, we're not going to solve you know, problem X on planet Y. We're trying to go on a vacation. On vacation. We're trying to take a break. We're going for the pool. Oh, and there happens to be a problem in the pool. But th- th- that's kind of the, in a nutshell, of why everything in the 80s tends to fall down a lot in some of these stories. Because it's not necessarily there to begin with. Now, sometimes you get a story that really, oh, really works well. And sometimes you get a story that doesn't work, but you can look past it because it's fun and enjoyable. I think mm-hmm. Tom and the Ronnie, for us, is, is, is one of those. And I think that's well, where Ace kind of comes in and changes it for the rest of the Seventh Doctor's era. I would era, agree. Because she's agree. not after that. Yeah. And and so that that is definitely uh, you know a, a, a big piece of this that, that, that doesn't that doesn't quite work. I also think there's some editing issues. I think that we we open with this Kang in the in the street being kind of sort of hunted or, or hiding from the caretaker, and then gets the cleaner or the cleaner uh, is what it is, and then uh, you know gets killed. And then we cut to the TARDIS with them going, oh, we're going to go on. Well, okay, we've well, already set it up that they're going to land somewhere bad by showing me that. We should have had the scene with them in the TARDIS first, that we're going to go on vacation and go to the pool and how beautiful it is. And that would have been like, oh, okay. And instead you land and here's this horrible, why is there debris dis- in the street? I dislike that because, I disagree with that because I actually like the idea of foreshadowing where we're headed. And it makes the, it, it, it gets away from that thing that we have done in the past where we start in the TARDIS with the companion and the Doctor and we're talking about something that feels very alienated from what eventually is going to happen. And so because we're, we're talking about either A, something that has happened in a previous adventure, or B, we're talking about doing something else and then ending up in our situation. I liked the, actually, I prefer the editing of showing me something, giving me a taste and building that mystery of what is going on here. Then cutting to the Doctor and Mel and going, ah, we've got impending. This is they're setting up where we're going. Then having that conversation with me going, yes, because I know you're going there. Well, I, I agree. I, and nine times out of ten, I would prefer it be done that way. But with this particular story, the fact that we start in the bad and then go to, oh, this place looks awesome. Well, you've already told me that it's not. So hurry right. up and cut to the chase because you're you're now but, but mucking about with stuff that doesn't need it. That's ironic foreshadowing, though, and I appreciate that. I like that. No, it really is. It's 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 that you know the 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 doctor and Mel automatically have a different idea of where they're headed, and I'm like, ah, oh, you're not so right because suddenly I am <laughs> more knowledgeable than the yeah. doctor. I'm more. I'm I I know more. I've been let in on it before the doctor and Mel know about it, and I like that. I thought that was cool. I, that that was done fine. Huh. Uh, I, I, with this story, I don't think it works. Didn't need the mystery because you're going to have a lot of bad after that. I mean, and by bad, I don't mean just bad storytelling, bad video, bad uh, anything, but uh, visuals. But I thought the direction of visuals were it's, fine. It's, it's it's a very dark story. I mean, we're talking about cannibalism. We're talking about <laughs> homelessness. We're talking about you know uneducated people. We're talking about. I mean, 
It's neo-Nazism. I yeah. mean, it's, it, it, there's a lot of elements there that are very dark and heavy, which are played up for comedy, which makes it even more we- just bizarre. It's weird. That's, that's yeah. another thing is we're mixing these really dark tones. Like we want to go there with all of these. Um, I, what are they? They're they're um, mirrors of of realism. But then we have to lighten the tone by making everybody comical and silly and, and not so neo-Nazi and not so gang-like and not so cannibalistic. I mean, it's that's, it's, that's, it's, an, it's an attempt it's to do social commentary. commentary. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Because it, this, is, this, this episode really encapsulates the 80s. But still like making you said, it a you've got show. homelessness. You've got this. You've got this. We're going to tackle these issues. Oh, but we're going to do it in a kid's show yeah. so that the neo-Nazis are going to be... We're going to do it with kids' gloves. He's not really going to have a Hitler mustache. Just no. kind of a Hitler mustache. Uh, and it's like, eh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just... Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I, I don't disagree. And like Keith pointed out earlier, there's a lot of elements of happiness patrol in this. There's a lot of things that I think this story this gets. I, I think this story gets flambéed a lot by Who fandom. But we also think that, you know, happiness patrol doesn't deserve it. I don't think this one's as bad as everybody makes it out to be. I'm not saying it's a sterling gem that's overlooked. I'm just saying it's maybe not. I mean, is it bottom ten stories ever? Yeah, probably. I'm not putting it at the absolute dregs of those ten, though. That's fear her. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's better than that. And there are things that you can look for that you can pull out of and go, I see what you were trying to do. You just didn't quite so, get there. So here's something interesting. So, apparently after uh, Eric Sayward and John John Nathan Turner had a falling out. And so John Nathan Turner wanted to find a writer who hadn't worked on the show before. So he hired this guy and asked him to submit a script. He did. And the first script lacked a traditional monster, and so they added the cleaners in. He he later went on to write Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Yeah. I tell you, speaking of the monster, actually... I think the cleaner – I don't normally agree with the whole idea of the producer saying, well, we don't have the bug-eyed monster, so we need something in there because that's what Doctor Who is. I don't agree with that always because I think you can do some really good storytelling without just you know, oh, we've had it doing the same times, yeah. format over and over again. I do. That's the other minor element of this. I don't think they were realized very well. But I like the idea of these big things that are divine, designed to be essentially cleaning mechanisms for the hallways being the, you know, the monster in the story. And they're the ones that are collecting the people in order to take them to the architect, you know, to, to feed Seymour, too. And, or not Seymour, uh, Audrey, Aud- too. Audrey, too. And so, With neon lights. Yeah, and so it just <laughs> – I, I, I appreciated that attempt, and it's almost where you – know, uh, we need to add a monster, and it worked better. It did work it, for the story. It, it, a little it helped the story. I it think, did yeah. help it. So well, I, 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 I do think that the monster could I mean, have been used a little bit better, and not have every single shot we see of them going by a leg sticking out of the back because that just starts to get comical after a bit. Yeah. Well, that's show the me, problem. Show yeah. me that that's once. The show me a silly. person going into it once. Silly. That's all I need to know. I right. know there's a dead body. We in know. That. We know what's happening. Yeah. And 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 maybe save that as you know a different reveal for later that there's always these these cleaners that they're roaming the halls, and then show us 
<laughs> that would have that there's a leg in it, and it's like, oh, that's well, what the, you if know. You had, if, if the mystery of the cleaners, if you had just had them a little more Jaws-like, and, yeah, and Jaws would have been a good example. And you don't, you don't see them except for little bits and pieces every once in a while. There's lots of talk about them. There's lots of, you know, you describe them in the, in the text of the story, but then don't show me one until later. And, and you know, I, I want the, you're going to need a bigger boat moment, you know. Yeah, and I, I I like the fact that they're there. I like the fact that they are kind of this constant presence of this, as you you know, the danger, the bug-eyed monster that this thing is there. Um, I wish they hadn't quite looked pretty much just like the war machines. <laughs> I, I noticed that this time out, but having seen the war machines right. now, right. I was like, oh, that's kind of where those come from. Actually, they've just got happy faces on the front of them instead of the. Instead of the, you know the big claw thing, but um, at least we didn't have a big sticker underneath that said "Have a nice day." <laughs> that would have been way too cheesy. But I, 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 I like the nugget of the story. I like that the you know that there's this architect and that he's trying to build a perfect utopia, and that means there can't be any people in it. You know well, that, and, that, that that to me kind of makes sense. And so I never under quite understood why they trapped him in the basement. And how he became this nebulous mind. That's that part of the transfer. problem that, that wasn't real clearly <laughs> yeah, explained. It was, that they, it was they, kind they, of interesting. Oh, they, they, well, how does that work? How is he now in this? Yeah. What? What? Well, and, and there, there could have been maybe a little bit more to that that we didn't get. That, you know, maybe. Well, there is a novelization. If that, you that maybe this, this uh, you know, prison was, you know, he, he was going to build this tower and it was going to be the first thing on the planet. And then it was revealed that he is this psychotic that he is. So they imprisoned him in it, and everybody thought, okay, that'll work, because he's now on the planet by himself. Makes you a much better story. And he managed somehow, as time went on, and you know, history has forgotten things, to start luring people. Come to Paradise Towers. It's this great place, blah, 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 and kind of put some of the elements. If they had not focused as much on the Kangs, they could have done that. Yeah, and, and I think that would have that would have made it interesting. Even the Kangs, I don't... I don't necessarily have a problem with because it's it's cool to see those elements of a society that has broken down it's, it's and they're trying Lord to the form their it's own. It's a bit Lord of the Flies, is what that yeah, is. Yeah, trying to form their own society. And I, I love the jargon. I, I love I, the fact I that they were named Fire Escape. And oh no, 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 no that, that was that, cool. That was clever. That was things they know. And I was looking at the Tardis Wiki here, by the way. And did you know that leader of the Blue Kangs was unnamed in this? But when they novelized this, they called her Drinking Fountain. Actually, <laughs> 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 perfect. <laughs> Um, Offspring of Katy Perry and the Cookie Monster. <laughs> I don't know why the Rezies turned to cannibalism. Maybe they were just weird. And I thought it was really... Well, it's something like the three that survived the whole thing. We're kind of like, yeah, we had nothing to do with that. Well, the one when they're sitting there and, that the, was the and other they're thing trying is- to get everybody together. And the, the, the spokesperson for the old lady, she goes, well, we're very sorry for what we did and we won't do it again. And I'm like, eating people? <laughs> You're that, sorry for it? That's the okay. I'm so sorry I won't do it again. Now, I don't know that they were involved in it. It might that's have just been too is, crazy. Interestingly to enough, the first time that I saw this, I didn't get the impression that all the resis were cannibals. Yeah. I got the impression that these two ladies were. Just the two. Just, just the, two. the two. Tabby and... Um, oh, I don't remember her name. name. Anyway, I, I got the impression Tilda. that they were. Tilda. Tabby and Tilda. And so... That was fine, but it wasn't until this time that, that it was those conversations there at the end that I thought, 
are all the resis cannibals? And why on earth would we have degraded to this point where we're, the resis are still kind of these quasi-civilized people still that are leading these what we would consider normal lives? They're having tea and crumpets and and they have in lovely conversations, conversations, and obviously they're knitting doilies because they're all over these ladies' house and they have these wonderful immaculate. We even see you know, the one knitting one. Uh, one or two room flats, but you know that are that on the surface look normal. But we've devolved to cannibalism. I, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't presented well enough. It just. It, it's just, this is it's this it this is an example of of a story that makes me dislike this era of Doctor Who. Yeah, this is right here is what it is. This. I'm and sorry, that, guys. That I can admit, Happiness Patrol is that as well, although you guys convinced me of some more nuggets that I can draw from that. Um, Dragonfire is the same way, even though I think Dragonfire is the strongest of the 24th season. Uh, or, I would know, agree with you on that. And then uh, Time in the Ronnie Mark, again. I mean, we just. Ronnie. Delta the Bannerman. Uh, there's even, I mean, even Greatest Show of the Galaxy, even though it has a, a lot more strengths for me, and one being the fact that, that Ace is there and it's the Doctor and Ace. Still has a lot of these kind of problems that that overshadow the entire Seventh Doctor run until we get to that last season. That season twenty six, I think, is is quite starkly different than anything else because yeah. we don't we don't try to be silly about it. We don't try to be eighties. We almost about take it. a turn to the gothic, right? And then and I, and I appreciate that, like- but. Again, I had to, I, I, I had to zero and focus in on on seven this time, and I, I enjoyed seven much more because I think uh, we've talked about this before. But I go into these stories already knowing I don't like them, so I find other things to focus on now. And and the Doctor is wonderful. In he this. is wonderful. He's, in this. he's just he, the way he acts, the the comedic clown, but still having a little bit of that dark element overshadowing well, and, him. And, and considering and, that we just came off of. Time in the Ronnie. I was kind of surprised there wasn't more of the mixing up metaphors. Yeah, in that. unfortunately, they're, they, they're, they, they, they almost that, they were done with that after Time in the Ronnie. It was something that I would have liked to have seen continue but, but on. The, of all of the elements yeah. that were introduced, that's yeah. one I would have been perfectly all right with because it's another stamp for the Doctor. You know, yeah. you look for those character traits in every Doctor that you have. You look for those character traits, and that was one that. I was very pleased with from Time of the Rock. But don't they do it later in... It's done in the audios a little bit. Well, <laughs> they, they kind of played with didn't it. Didn't they do it in TV, too? Uh, the one there, right after this. There may have been one in Delta and the Bannerman. Delta, Delta and the Bannerman is... It might. I can't remember for certain, but... And that might have had something to do with the production code, which I, one was finished first. I don't know, yeah, guys. I can't. Stuff, I just. I can't find a lot to like in this, because I think the story's lame. I think the Peck storyline is undersold. Um... It would have been better had he not been such a bundling, a dumbling idiot. I'm fine with the idea that he's cowardly and trying to prove that he's not, that he's the cowardly lion, and that he's trying to prove that he's the hero and the, the big guy and there's a reason why he's there. And then leading down to the whole sacrificing himself and really finally being the hero. It's a great concept. But they go way too far over the top with the storytelling of the character. Yeah. And so it doesn't make his death any more noble for me. It just it, it, it's, it's almost... It's just like, oh, it's about time you manned like, up. Yeah, he's, well, you finally <laughs> manned up, and now I don't have to listen to you. You know, it's, it, And you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel that way about a character. And if they drive you to the point where you nearly feel that way for, about a character, then it's like it's too you, late. you lost, too your, yeah, you lost yeah. what you were trying to do. Well, and I wonder how much of that would be influenced, because obviously Mel and the Doctor are separated through 90% of this. 
you know, up until yeah. you know the, the last part of the last episode there. And it almost feels like the cannibalism and 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 pecs were pretty much just put in here to give Mel something to do, a, a threat. For you know her. That, yeah. that she's going to be held captive well. by the cannibals, and Pex can come save her after we've established that he's not really very good at this kind of thing. And it's like, uh, let's be fair. They maybe were, they were put in there for context of the story, but that's what they end up being. Yeah, is a re- a something for Mel to do. Um. The, the, the swimming and the, pool. The, the absurdity of being sucked through your garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the swimming pool thing, somebody hit, uh, was it Chrissy had pointed out why, you know, you, you could have avoided problems if you hadn't gone swimming. But to me, that was go, going down this path of the absurdity of it all, the farsity of this. It almost made sense that Mel, she all, as I said earlier, she all along had an ultimate goal. She she was, was going somewhere was to, go to well she was going somewhere for vacation to relax and to swim and those were the three things that she was shooting for so just like everybody else in this story had a goal that they were looking for the kings were looking to be you know the dominant groups each each individual group of kings red kings are best they were they were looking for dominance ice hot um, the, the the cannibals were looking for okay I don't know what they were looking for Peck was Peck was looking for <laughs> food being the hero Flesh. Um, you know and uh, Meat. Mel Mel in turn was also looking for her utopia and, and she she found it and so she indulged in it a bit and it was a little silly that Robo Sebastian attacked her but yeah just would, would, would that scene have worked any better had it been placed earlier no, <laughs> I, I just just from the standpoint that again we've already established the why. building sucks. We've already established there are cannibals. Well, we've already established there are gangs. We've already established there are killer robots. And you're going to go jump in the pristine pool that looks unlike anything else in the rest of the building. He, let's let, well, let me give him a little bit of credit because Mel all along, even up till the swimming pool part, I don't think she sees the big picture. I don't think she sees a What's dilapidated ho- uh, apartment complex. She clearly doesn't see the women that want to eat her. I mean, they, she, they do, but I don't think she's really grasped the whole concept because they're sweet little old ladies that keep inviting her for tea and crumpets. And even when they reveal to her what their purpose is, I just don't think she grasps the whole society that is that is de-evolved here. And so she still, in her mind, doesn't think this is such a bad place. And it can't be that bad because they've got a swimming pool that's <laughs> on the roof. I mean, so I give them a little, I give her a little credit there that, that while the doctor has figured out what's going on here quite early, she hasn't. And they've been separated, so he hasn't had a chance to really kind of clue her in on what's going on here. So I, I guess I'm trying to find and, some And the only way I there. can justify the robot Sebastian is, okay, it's the cleaning machine for it's the, the pool it, cleaner. It's what keeps, and the chief or, or the architect has infected his software also, so flesh in the pool means the pool is dirty. Yeah. They could have given us something to why did this thing attack her? Why was it in the pool? Instead of just ignore it completely. Uh, It should have been another cleaner. I mean, it it should have been just the the, the aquatic version. I think that's what it was. I don't think it was. It just... It just they didn't, didn't look it anything like that. No, well, I don't. I don't think it had to. I think yeah. the, the the cleaners. I mean, okay, like we're going to nitpick this. Let's you look at the cleaners. Why do the cleaners have a gigantic drill screw on one arm and a hacksaw on the other? They're not going to need that to clean up the building. Well, obviously they've been augmented. But we've got the aquatic cleaner, which looks like a lobster. Eh, it's it's the it's the thing in the you know the the little robots that drop. Uh, 
chlorine tablets in the pools it's, and vacuum it's, stuff. It's the rubber okay. duck that floats around your swimming pool and yeah. drops chlorine. I'm, I'm perfectly Did the design suck? Yes. <laughs> Was it horribly comedic? Yes. Was it shot badly? Yes. yes. Interestingly <laughs> they enough. Tri- they tried. I give this, them props for trying, but it still looked like... Had this story a- been done in the pages of a comic, it would have played better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see this that. This totally would have worked as a but comic. But it doesn't, it doesn't work for television. It doesn't work for television. It's one of those, it's one of those things. And I, I, I wonder if... Where, where, where do you start to pin down the failings of this type of story? Do you go to, to, to John Nathan Turner and say... You, you you weren't getting it. Do you go to the writer and say what happened? Do you go to the you know the production office and go, let me get this straight. You're actually going to put this this floating rubber duck in the pool, <laughs> and the director's going, now I have to make this thing look scary. I mean, what what do we do with this? I, where do you? There's a lot of blame to go around here, and it had to. Somebody kind of had to step up and go. You know what? I think we kind of screwed the pooch on this one. But where where do you go? I don't know. I really don't know. The only thing I can say is I don't think it's as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Is it a good story? No. Absolutely not. I still I'm think totally put, on your side with that. But I still think I'd put Delta and the Bannerman below it. But now I kind of want to rewatch it. and that <laughs> just, one, just, just, just to pin down just the... Just to gauge. Okay. <laughs> Where is the lowest point? Maybe you're right. Maybe I need to sit down and read the novelization. Maybe I will have a ghost light epiphany <laughs> with Paradise Towers and go. <sighs> the difference is you knew what happened, so you don't have to go and dig to figure out what happened. The novelization might work better for me because a lot of times if there is a nugget of a good story here, trope filled or not, if there's a nugget of a good story here, sometimes the visuals will hamper it. And so, if I had gone to this as a novelization and already formulated my the my version of it in my head, how I saw it in my mind's eye, it might have been I might have been able to concentrate on what they were trying to do with the story here. But suddenly, because you're telling it on television, well, and, and they've got these very comedic elements, it just it doesn't. And the novelization matter. probably could have given better motivations to the characters. Certainly, certainly. And what year was this? This was eighty seven. <laughs> Yep, 87. Uh, yeah. This is the difference that money makes on television, is that you, you look at this, and, and I, I'm not harping on the production values here, but you look at this show, this this particular episode, which came out in 87, and then look at any first season episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. That's that's, yeah. that's yeah. the difference yeah. that money sure. makes. Sure. And, and that is one of the reasons that Michael Grade was complaining, going, look what the Americans yeah, are doing with their doing. science fiction. And, not, you know, we've got this guy playing course, spoons. You know, <laughs> You play a little more, pay a little more money to Doctor Who. You could have, could have got American style, but yeah, or at least American look. And that's where the timeline skewed into this tangent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so can we move on to the quarks? Let's speak quarks. of more stupid, meaningless, worthless robots. Hey, what? <laughs> Okay, so here's my justification for why the quarks are written so badly in the, all these comics. They're trying to be Daleks. I agree with that. <laughs> the way they're written, you could swap out the image and it's a Dalek. Why do you think more of these were in color? Only the first one. Well, that's what I thought. I keep trying to load that. It's not loading up <laughs> the color one. That's the deal. With the big giant 
Wasp. All right. So, <laughs> which I <I'm laughs> Hey, hey. <laughs> At least... <laughs> Something that I found out might have fixed Unicorn and the Wasp for me. Oh! <laughs> oh I keep going to that one. All right. So, All right, so I, as, as I don't the, even want to do that. As the resident defender of the Corks, you get to go last. <laughs> We're going to set this up like a trial. Wait, aren't they always innocent until proven guilty? Yes. <laughs> so the but, courts but, are but, but, but awesome until the, proven guilty. The, the, the prosecutor nah. goes first. All right. Okay. Corks are bad, okay? <laughs> they're not bad. Well, yeah, they're, they're evil. They're, they're bad. They don't do anything. They, 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 they are, in some ways, the perfect comic foil for the Doctor. Because they can be easily dispatched at the end of three pages. You don't need a complicated plot. You don't need a long overhanging arc. They just show up, they do their thing, and something ridiculous happens to thwart the plan. Now, I agree. In in, in their defense, they are written like Daleks. They're very single-minded of purpose. Oh, we're going to kill the Doctor. Okay. And, And... well, even question, some of the some of the dialogue is just straight Dalek. I question the canonicity. I question the canonicity of these stories when they're <laughs> saying, "We are the Quarks. We must kill Doctor Who." Every single time it bugged me. Every single time it was, and it's abbreviated, and it's like even in the even in the synopses at the beginning thing, Doctor Who and his companion. It's Dr. Period Who, and I'm like. Twitch, twitch, twitch. And then he goes to Earth and he's like, oh, I'm going to be on TV and here's the new cleaning machine from the Doctor Who. <laughs> Just, and I kept, that that, that kind of goes back to the credits you'll, you'll get of your rebuttal. I, I, you'll get I, your rebuttal. I, I, I kept trying to take my mind. <laughs> I'm kind of joining him in that. I, I, okay. I, I kept taking my mind out of that going, it's, no, you're it's, it's, it's the era, it's the time that they were written. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Oh my God, it was so hard to read in some of these. Now, having said that, I appreciated them for what they were. They were fun little Sunday comic strips, you know, that that told these little stories. And had I had them in my paper as a kid, I would have read these things religiously every week. Absolutely. Didn't care if they were bad or funny or, you know, didn't didn't matter to me. They were new Doctor Who. All right, cool. And so, there, yes, there was that amount that I enjoyed. But I kept coming back to the quirks themselves. And I, I read the little... Um, background information that they kind of included in, in some of these strips with what they were trying to do with these. And the, the, the guy who wrote them commented that, oh, the, had the things gone differently, they would have returned for this, and there would have been this kind of grand bum-ba-bum moment, and just the way he described it, it was like, no. <laughs> it's, it's, not a, a, it's not a grand bum-ba-bum moment. If, if anything, it's a <laughs> moment. So that's what I give the quirks. He, they're written poorly. <laughs> I, I I can't disagree too much with what you're saying. And my love for the quirks more comes from I like the design. I think it's a cool design. I think we've always yeah. I've always realized I, and, and I've always said that they could have been utilized better in the Dominators. And they could have been utilized better in this. Because <laughs> they're <laughs> Unfortunately, through most of them, I don't. I don't think they took the quirk seriously. <laughs> it was, 
We need something that's fairly easy to draw and recognizable from the TV show to stick in here and be defeated in whatever way we can think of. And that's what they came up with. The quirks. So we're going to steal their spaceship and fly in between them and they will shoot at each other. Which, that... <laughs> I, I don't think they wrote the doctor very... The second doctor very well in this. No, either. they didn't. Or Jamie. They didn't act like themselves. So it's kind of... You kind of... It's kind of continuity adjacent. Like the Hero 6. <laughs> That's how I look at it. It's like, ah, so it's the, really the timeline's skewed and it's over here now. Which, as far as defeating enemies, that's kind of a cool idea. They know one of them is kidnapped or is hijacked, and they don't know which one it is, so they're just going to start shooting. I, and I'll even I'll that's even, kind of in, indicative of the 50th anniversary. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. I was like, I'll even <laughs> give you that one because the Daleks turned around and did it, and Moffat did it in the 50th, or the Daleks it's, shot themselves and blew themselves up. It's like, you know what? Okay, I'm, I'm not, I'll throw that one out. I will throw out that argument. It's when they get to the jungle, giant wasps. <laughs> At least they're trying. <laughs> The Daleks would have been, let's kill, let's kill, let's kill. Well, let's figure out a new way to kill. <laughs> They're being creative, Sean. They, Don't stivey their creativity. They genetically engineer giant wasps. That's the plan. They, I don't even understand it, why they did that. It goes no further than that. These are not space-fearing wasps. They're not going to unleash them upon a whole galaxy. They'd have to go and drop them off on a planet somewhere. And they're giant wasps. Eh. Now, again, keeping in mind the target audience, as a kid, I'm terrified how much, of wasps. And how much depth you can put into uh, seven panels yeah, of know, a comic. As a kid, I'm terrified of wasps. And a giant one? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and the quarks are in charge of them? Oh, no. That's the problem. <laughs> So, I, okay, I'm going to write a quirk story. Okay, and they're going to be awesome. Gauntlet thrown. <laughs> I, I want. I, I desperately want you to change my mind. I really, really do. But they're running around the city, and the quirks are chasing them, and I'm like, no. <laughs> to those little legs. <laughs> The waddle, <laughs> the thing. I can't. Because automatically your mind goes back to the dominators. I, where there's these little guys. I, I can't take yeah. them and, seriously. And they're adorable voices. So in, in the back of my head, when I see a cork, do you know what I hear? I hear it's a small world after all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the level they've been equated to. They're very cute robots, but they do not. There's no credible threat for me. Maybe they need to become pets. Can't have canine. Have a cork. That would have been a more interesting story. <laughs> if, the, if the quarks had become the Ood of, of, of the galaxy, would, yes, where they were yes. servant droids, and everybody had a quark, and then they all went bad, maybe I could buy that. <laughs> I think I like the quarks better when somebody else is controlling them. Because I think they need because that. Because it's, it's the people controlling them's ineptitude. Not the quark's fault. Yeah, well, and, and we've established like, the like dominators Like later when the dominators dumb. come back in and for the one dominator in the one story where the quarks are hardly in it. And they don't really do much because they're more focused on the dominator. Yeah. I think they need that. I mean, we've established that the dominators are kind of dumb. Let's, they're, what, they're, what if the quarks they, were they, they the army machines. of... They need to be robot, literal robots of... This is your army, yeah. and you're going to conquer a planet. I, I think they, they they need some sort of focus, like the 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 Orgons and the Daleks, you know, something along that 
that matchup, I think, is, is really desperately what the Quarks need, and the Dominators were not it. Which it was a, uh, an abrupt change going into this story with nobody controlling them. Any of these comics where there were no Dominators, and just, oh no, our, my arch nemesis, the Quarks, are going to kill me. It was, a, <laughs> it was a bit of an adjustment to go, well, but who's behind it? I expected a master or something reveal that, <laughs> oh, somebody's controlling these quarks. Just, just the 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 quark supreme or whatever his you know, yeah, whatever his name was. Unfortunately, it's, it's 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 a fall down of the medium more than anything else. Yeah, then I'll start now because that that's that's what this is. And in fact, this was a bit of an experiment for me by introducing <laughs> this by doing this in the quarks because. First of all, let me give you well, let me preface this is that you guys know me. Anything in the universe of Doctor Who, in my mind, I have to connect to continuity wise. It, it it everything can work, it just has to have some finagling to do so. Some things have to have a lot of finagling to do so. These but will I be think, in the a lot of finagling. But I think category. but I think that everything can work. Now, am I gonna sit here and connect the dots so that it does? No, I'm not. But in my mind there is a way to do it. And that's, well, that's fine. I, that's just it. I don't, I'm not going to say that there is. Although I will drop one little nugget that did help a little bit. All right. First of all, these were in TV comic, which ran in from the 1960s to the 1970s. In the early days of Doctor Who, obviously, there was not this great need in order to lock everything into continuity and make it work. Which you were Even in the show, pages. it didn't have that. And, and you guys both hit on this as Even absolutely this day, right. Sometimes they're, it a, they're a victim of the medium because these were comics that were geared towards kids. There was a company that decided, you know what, these, there are shows that are popular on television, and what they did is they, they what they did is they had writers and, and and artists come in, and because it was popular on television for kids, they came in and aimed comics towards kids that had characters who were already a bit familiar to them. So there was no effort by anybody to make these two worlds really meld, other than the fact that we had a lot of the same characters. Uh, so, so you're right; they're a victim of the medium because. We are retroactively reading these comics. We're going from a perspective of 50 years of Doctor Who that we're used to and, accept, and accepting. So back and in the day, as fit better. And, back yeah. in the day, even as Keith alluded to, Doctor Who, I think even by everybody in the, in the consensus, not just by fans, because this didn't come along till the, the, the 1980s where the Doctor was established. He didn't really have the name Doctor Who. But in the 1960s and even into the early 1970s, or into the middle 1970s, he was Doctor Who to everybody. He was just that. Was, I know. That was what his name was, and it is. It's difficult for us to accept oh, even, that even the because UK already, actors still refer to still the character as Doctor sometimes. Who. Yeah. That being and said, and the war machines when it, that Doctor being Who said, was required. That being said, that's the that's the hurdle that we have to get over when we read these. So we have to step aside and say, okay, that's fine. In fact, I almost would just omit Doctor out of that, and or Who out of that, and just say The Doctor. Yeah. You could just almost put that I, in I was mentally editing as I was reading a lot. Which is fine. And so all of these comics, I, I, I have an affinity for comics, especially from the 1950s and 60s, but even more so, comics in the U.K., were kind of their own thing as well. They weren't they weren't trying to emulate the American style comic books, and they just kind of had their own unique, charming uniqueness about them. and And so I've always enjoyed the art and the style when I see these from TV comics. So that that plays into my love of this the, these stories as well. Um, they're very B movie plot stories, is what they they're are. Simplistic, and you yeah. guys know that I love B films, so that's what this is, is charming to me. But 
defending all of that aside, they really are weak stories. And, I, and, and that's from the perspective of us that have had some very strong Doctor Who that, we, we, <laughs> we, that we've grown to love. And, but if you can step back and looking them, look at them as the charming stories that they are. You're exactly right. These were basically a replacement for the Daleks because when the TV comics started, they did well, not that's, have... That's, and that's how they created the, they the quarks. They did not have the Daleks. They did not have the Daleks in, in TV comics. They were on television, but they did not have the rights. Terry Nation didn't like those rights. And at some point, in fact, they, they created, and I wish I could remember, I've watched some of the script for action, by the way, since, and that's why I'm kind of bringing some knowledge of this that I can remember. There was another robot that looked kind of Dalek-ish that they were using in the comics, and that was the foil for the Doctor. And what happened then was then suddenly TV comic got the rights to do the Daleks, and when the TV comic got the rights to the Daleks, it was Dalek this, Dalek that, this is the enemy of the Daleks. And so they at some point felt like they had got really inundated in Daleks, that there was almost too much Daleks. So what the, they decided when the second Doctor era came around is they decided to maybe push the Daleks to the back burner. They might be being overused. Hey, we've seen that happen many times <laughs> in Doctor Who. Yeah, no. All right. So what they did is instead of going to the stories that were on TV, which they had never done, Instead of going to the stories on TV and they still weren't going to do this and say, well, we can rip some of the ideas and make this kind of branch into it. All they did is go, quirks look cool. <laughs> Cybermen look cool. And so that's what happened. Is to, it was an, in an effort to get away Aww, from the Daleks. The Cybermen written like Daleks. In, in, in a way to get away from the Daleks and, and kind of put them on the back burner for a while not overuse them, they just started plucking monsters from the TV series. And all kids love robots and all kids love... The Dalek style of story, and so unfortunately they didn't alter their storytelling. They just changed the face of the Daleks and created something else and put something else in there. The most evident fact that they weren't paying attention to what was happening on the television series, except for the faces, was the fact that the quirks don't talk. Yeah, the quirks don't say a word in the Dominators. And they are servants of the. Well, they, they did say something. No, they, 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 well, speak. they don't have those. Com- I'm sorry. Yeah, they don't have those commanding voices. And they, no, they're, no, they're, no. They're, they're, they don't have that Dalek they're, style. They're quite adorable voices. They, they're they're quite adorable. They're servant voices. Yeah. yeah. These were suddenly aggressive, okay. aggressive Dalek voices. So automatically, my mind was, okay, these aren't the Dominator's quirks. So this worked for me. I went, okay, this is a faction of quirks or quirks that were. Not programmed as servants, but quirks that some down, wear down the line. Somebody behind the scenes made them uh, th- these evil killing machines you know, that, if, that if, were just to be a foil for the doctor. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw Keith a bone here. If the quirks as an entity, as a, as, a, as a race of machines, are malevolent and evil and bad and like these are written... The Dominators could have come in and snagged some of them for their slaves and beaten them into submission and then reprogrammed them. And it it yeah. kind of makes the Dominators a little bit cooler, too. <laughs> that works for me, but I'm going to poke a hole in that. Because okay. that's a good that's a good retconning. I, I like that. That's that's appropriate. Yeah. Now, <laughs> but what I like... Well, no, let me, go, let me go here. What I like about the Quarks here is I do like... It. In fact, if these had been the Quarks... That we had seen in the television series. These stories wouldn't work. These wouldn't work. But the the TV series, I think, would have been better. I would have liked Quarks much. I don't like the Quarks. I mean, I like the Quarks. The Quarks are quaint, and I liked liked the design of the Quarks in The Dominators. But the Quarks are so lame in The Dominators. So lame. 
I like the design of the quarks. The dominators are the heavy. Until well, yeah. they walk. Yeah. <laughs> if they had floated or levitated, right, right, right. And just, if well, they looked like Nomad or something, with just we the, had ooh, had, that would have been like, oh, if we that's kind of scary. As similar to the, the Dalek MO as, as they are, because I love the Daleks, I think that quarks, had they been the central villain in a story or a few stories, I would have liked them even better, because they are another menacing robot race that is, is you know, hell-bent on domination. That's cool. I like that. That's fine. So I think these quirks is what... That's what another thing that's appealing to me about these quirks and these stories is, silly stories aside, these are aggressive quirks, and that's what I want. I want a quirk, quirks that are aggressive. <laughs> so that satisfies that need. So, and because of the quaintness and the fun and kind of mindless aspect of these stories, I thought they were the Sunday comics, like you said, oh, fun yeah. stories that... I mean, it was like, you know, we, we read uh, Prince Caspian that, you know... Or not Pat Caspian, Prince uh, Valiant that continued from week to week. Or some of those other stories that really had those, you know, uh, serialized type stories that you you had to wait next week or the week after that to find out what was going to like happen. like Mary Worth Mary was Worth. one of them. <laughs> some, of the, some of the more dramatic ones I didn't... Well, uh, I always read them and, and went... But Why is this on here? The Rex, uh, Rex Matheson. Oh, Rex Madison? Was that it? Matheson? Nah. Oh, he's, a, he's an actor. Yeah. Um, no, Rex. that's the character from Torchwood. Anyway, oh. there, was a, there, was a, there was a male serialized character as well. He was like a, I think he was a detective or something. And they were very action. Those were the ones I never read and thought it was so See, I kept those. trying. Because I felt bad because I was. So, the Rex, whatever he is now, yeah, was. Well, or, there was an MD one, too. That yeah, Marcus, was a, I think he was. Marcus oh. Quincy? No, that's uh, that was TV. That was, that was TV. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Welbley. Marcus Marcus, Marcus something Welby MD. Was, television. was it? Yeah. Anyway, Marcus well, I, I don't know what it was. But there, there were this th- was th- something. There were three in our in our local mm-hmm. comics. There were three of them that I didn't read. I read everything else every day that I got a paper, except for this one, this one, and this one. And they were all that same serialized format. And I tried because I kind of felt like. Man, I got three comics more. I got three more comics here that I could. And I, every now and then I would sit down and read one, and I had no Rex grasp. Morgan. Morgan. Rex Morgan. Maybe it was Morgan. I think that was it. I had. I had these. I had no basis for what had happened previously. I had no idea who these characters are, and I didn't care. That's but the I would. I would a lot read it and then go. Hard to jump in. Eh. And so I'd let it go, and then six months later, I'd feel bad that I was missing out on three <laughs> comics again, and I would try and read them again. That's the problem with a serialized format like that. So framed in that, I liked that. The other thing that I thought was appealing to this is this is more Jamie. Even though it's not quite written like the Jamie that we expect, and why is he on uh, some... Random planet? Well, no, he was in Scotland. This was Scotland, because this was was Earth. Why did they drop him back on? Why is he at some... some, uh, They called it something... uh, Listening station or something? I can't remember. I came to visit my friend at the listening station. I mean... Uh, why is it his friend in what appears to be modern-day Scotland? All of that aside, I get the impression that the Doctor and Jamie must have traveled alone at some point, and Jamie befriended somebody in modern-day Scotland and came back. But how did he get there without the Doctor? Maybe the, uh, the I'm assuming the Doctor dropped him off. Maybe the Time Lords helped him out. Some people have also speculated that these comics, the, the second Doctor, to work into the continuity, actually it worked in that lost season, that, that before the Time Lords... We have the CIA, uh, yeah, uh, CIA, CIA uh, Celestial Intervention Agency. We have that theory that they put, they sent the Doctor on several missions in between, where we see him being banished at the end of uh, the War Games because we don't see him change yet, yeah. and stepping out of the TARDIS and Spear in Space as a changed space. Season six, and there's a lot of people that kind of have used the speculation that a lot of this era also happened in there, and that. 
because Jamie is in the sixth Doctor story, the two Doctors, with the second Doctor, that that also is placed within there. So at some point, the Doctor must have been reunited with Jamie and the Time Lords allowed it, or at least the, the Celestial Intervention Agency allowed it, so that they could have further adventures as well. That's neither here nor there, but that's my continuity going, yeah, that works for me. Okay. Sure. So, um, I didn't even need all that. <laughs> that being said, it was, it was a pleasure to see Jamie there again. I really liked that, even though it wasn't quite the Jamie that, we, that I think came across on television. It was the it was the second Doctor Jamie, which yeah, please that's, give me that, more. That's, please that's, give yeah, me more. Yeah. You know, so that's what I liked. About I don't know who those two kids were that he dropped off at college or whatever, and I didn't care. I, I want to bring this up because and gone. Okay, bye bye. I I agree that the quirks are still sillily dispatched. Much of the time on Friday, Sean texted with this. So far, the quirks have been defeated by rocks, giant wasps, a bulldozer themselves, and Rosie the maid. This archive is not improving, in my opinion, so far. At least with Rosie the maid, the doctor designed <laughs> Rosie, and obviously, it's that's the most, way most nonsensical, in my opinion, no, of the stories. No, the, the worst is the planet of the hunters, where we're going to. Well, okay, maybe Smith's overall story is the made one. Yeah. But then we go to the planet of the hunters, where we're going to dispatch with the we're corks. British hunters and hunting with swords. And- Again. <laughs> They were killed by S words. Such such a quaint story, though. I mean, it's it's this. It's almost that's kind of to me the darkest story. It is mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're talking about a children's comic that really tried to do something a little edgy and dark. And so I can well again silly story and silly premise. These English proper English guys or the, the duelists are going to you know dispatch of quarks with their swords. A bit weird, but also I appreciated where they tried to go with that. So that was the, the, the fact that Doctor Who decides that he's going to be rich by creating something for American television, which almost was kind of a, a, a jab at American yeah, television at the really time was. as well in the 1960s and what was going on here. I, I felt that was more of a, a farce in the sense of, of making fun of, yeah. of that type of television. He's going to, he's going to invent this uh, cleaning droid. That the quirks are going to take over. And they will and sell the them in, in every turn, home in America. Then the doctor has to turn them back in order to thwart the quirks. And the, the quirks overturn them. And then there is an uprising. And the cleaning droids are going amok. And Doctor Who must return to the TARDIS <laughs> to amp up this control signal. So that he can turn them back on the quirks. And return them back to their peaceful nature. That one was a bit hard for me to take. Um, I don't know that one. I let's let's talk a little about let's talk a bit little bit about the killer wasps now. Now wait a minute. Here's how New Who has actually tried very briefly to bring these quirk storylines in the comics into the continuity. You guys remember when John Barrowman was doing Captain Jack's Monster Files? I don't know if you saw any of these. These were webisodes. They have never been released on the DVDs with anything. But they were. if you get a chance, go to YouTube. They're a lot of fun, and most of them are on there, and they're they're BBC uh, offered. There was one, because what they did is during, I think it was season three and season four, these were sort of the ones that kind of 
gave you a taste of what we were going to see that season. So each of the monster files has to do with a monster that is show, shows up in Series 4, one of which is the Vespa form. And basically what this is, what is done is it's kind of done in kind of documentary style. It's Captain Jack in person or in uh, character talking about these monsters that, that they have collected files on, whether it be Torchwood, whether it be uh, Unit. Somebody. So he's in character. There's these files here. And what he's doing is he's basically just giving you a dossier on these characters as though he's preparing somebody for the possibility of these showing up. And really it's just to kind of inform the viewer as to this. But what I thought was very, very interesting is that this particular one in the Vespa forms alludes to, very briefly, he says, and there is some of our uh, research that shows that rebel quarks, <gasps> which now tells me that the Dominators were first, and they rebelled against the Dominators, making them even cooler, yeah. <laughs> battled the Vespa Vespa forms. Help me again. Vespa forms. Thank Vespa you. Vespa forms. Battle the ve- and they show a picture of the giant wasps from the comic series f- battling with the um, uh, quarks. Now, could it that possibly be alluding to the fact that perhaps the quarks were the reason that the Vespa Vespa, Vespa, Vespa forms. Thank you. Forms became a species in the first place. That these giant wasps. Some only of them exist because the quarks oh, genetically mutated, mutated them. them, and then maybe broke off themselves, became rebels, and then became uh, so inhabited so their so the planet wherever they landed at, and ended up. Boy, that makes um, unicorn the wasps so much better for me that the quarks <laughs> might have been the <laughs> creators of the Vespa. Vespa forms. I don't know why I can't say. Now that. I have to go back and rewatch that. Episode. <laughs> so what what you're saying is that by extension. The, the, a true quark archive. We should have done Dominators, and then all these comics, and then Unicorn and the Wasp. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> or at least the Monster Files. Because I'm going to have to seek out that Monster File. Yeah, definitely the, the, do it. So the, the quarks overthrew the Dominators because they were tired of being ruled by idiots. Yep. But having no programming base of their own to go on, they then acted like idiots and decided <laughs> a good idea. Is, That's how you retcon this. Show. Is, is, is let's do giant wasps. I just had wasps. to give you the nugget, and you went with it. And then the giant wasps go, well, "Screw you guys! We're not going to be pushed around, <laughs> and we're going to take or do our own thing." And because I believe they were wasps. just silly, dumb little wasps that had no probably capacity oh, yeah. for reason or thought Absolutely. until they were, were until mutated. they were mutated, and then were gifted with uh, the ability and the quarks to have a judge uh, have a or a, a, a chip on their shoulder with the doctor because they. We're beaten with boulders. <laughs> Fits so well. Let's talk a little I'll bit buy, about. I'll buy that. <laughs> let's I'll, I'll, sure. let's talk a little one. bit about some of the ones that. Uh, the, those were the TV comic ones, and and boy, I can't wait till we read some of the first Doctor's ones when uh, John and Jillian, his grandchildren, are part of the story. <laughs> That'll really blow your mind. <laughs> No, that actually, that actually, I, I've was, got no problem with that. We've established he's a grandfather. John, John and Jillian actually later on in the DWM comics, there is an eighth Doctor story that I believe they return, huh. and there is some retconning continuity within there, which we'll touch on later. But really? I, I don't want to give that away. Yeah, and I, I thought it was an interesting way, which might even fix the problems that you might indeed then have with <laughs> the first Doctor <laughs> comics, which were even worse, because at least in the 
second Doctor serials or uh, uh, stories in the comics, they brought Jamie back in, which at least was a television character, and there was a reason for that because of the fact that when they started the comic book series, they they're the comic strip series. They decided that they the characters on television, even though it was a children's show, weren't as interesting as having children traveling with the Doctor. And so that's why John and Jillian were really creative, mm-hmm. is to give the children a little more surrogate. Because when you've got grown-ups traveling with the Doctor, it's not as impactful to kids as you have kids traveling with the Doctor. But that's neither here nor there. We'll get there eventually. Let's talk a little bit about Death Race, which I thought was quite silly but also fun i thought it was yeah. just kind of neat that the doctor decides to, to go take in a race and then become involved in the race and then become and then cork show up to destroy something yeah for, somewhat why that. not and well what what a wonderful little hey guess what these corks hadn't been the corks that we read about in these first part of the comics hadn't been around in the comics for all because they stepped away and they decided to do some cybermen and some other different things for the doctor to to have an adversary of <laughs> but but the Corks, who had their own little timeline of events, get to return for one last adventure <laughs> with the Doctor in the comic strip. And I believe Death Race was actually in the TV annual, which was yeah, a special, yeah. obviously, that they do um, for the comic s- series and you know anthology that they're running at the time. So I thought that was neat. And actually, I quite enjoyed that one because of the fact that... It was just this this funny little. It was almost like a. It was almost like a uh, multi penguin to me. It was a fun aside yeah. bonus that you got, and was a callback to the quirks that had been appearing in TV comics for you know a few years prior, and then bring them back as, as kind of a last hurrah. Because I believe that TV comic even came around shortly before the Doctor regenerated on TV, which in turn. They started writing three oh, Doctor yeah. comics in there as well. So I think it was more of a callback to, hey, remember the adventures we had with the Quirks? Well, there's <laughs> one more little fun nugget. Bring them back out. So I time. actually quite enjoyed that one. The other one that I called you guys' attention to was, what was the story with? Um, the actual Dominator. Yeah, and who was the Doctor? Was it Seven? It was. It was the seventh Doctor, and we have a Dominator, and suddenly we're back to slave quarks. Yeah, and I'm uh, assuming it's earlier in their timeline. Well, and you have to wonder is yeah, you know, I, I wonder if the, this quark and Dominator are essentially from the Dominator's timeline back in the second Doctor era. The fires down below. Fires down below is from Doctor Who magazine number yeah. sixty four, um, which I think you can agree is better written as far as the story yes, goes. Yes, very much. Um, back in line though, now. <laughs> to me, it, it goes well, back to televised. the whole Dominator idiocy. It's, it's, it's the Dominator. <laughs> and Quark's just being the lame servants again that are rumbling around and, and looking like little people in boxes. So, any any opinion on that? Because that's um, certainly different no, you're, than, than the, 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 the art was amazing in that one. I really enjoyed it. And I've always enjoyed the, 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 the Doctor Who magazine comics. They've always been pretty consistently good. Um, in some way, shape, or form. There's always something to pull out of those. It's been good. And this one, was for me, was the artwork. It was really nice. Well, and this one didn't even have the Doctor in it. Yeah. It, it, was, it was unit. It was all unit. That's, that's why you kept saying seven. I'm like, I don't oh, it remember was a, seven I, in that one. Well, and you know what? I got the impression that it was during the seventh Doctor. But maybe from the seventh Doctor time. I can't maybe remember. I yeah, you're that. right. It was. Because they go down into... <laughs> it's, it's a better story, I guess. That's right. I it, it's, that. it's better told. But the ideas behind it are kind of so. What? What? They show. What? Okay. <laughs> Whatever. It, it's just. It's more of the same, you know. And I, I could make that same claim with a Dalek story. 
you know, eh, it's, it's, it's more of the same. So it didn't really phase me one way or the other. I just, again, maybe maybe my problem with the quirks is that I would like for them to be cool. Because I think, that I, like I said, the design of them is really cool. I love the, the little bubble head right. thing and the spikes and the, you know... The dome and all that—that's really cool. The but then, then they start to walk. And I they, know why I was—I was equating them to the Fifth Doctor because this came out at the time that the Fifth Doctor was in, and so I automatically had that in my timeline. Uh, yeah, no, mm. yeah, and then you know the little box arms and the little box legs <laughs> and the little little box brains, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, we've we've suddenly, unfortunately, degraded back to the quirks that we got in the Dominators. And we get the Dominators. <laughs> Although, I think that the the, the the Quarks were a little... Or, uh, yeah, the Quarks, I think, were a little more tough and vicious when we finally get them in Prisoners of Time. I think you even acknowledge you could appreciate the, the, Yeah. Now, Prisoners of Time was an example of, you know, kind of doing it right, actually. That, that, that was... Everything about Prisoners of Time, for me, worked. That... You know, they were taking these kind of one-off villains that yeah. you weren't really expecting anything of, and then all of a sudden it was like, "Oh, cool!" And you know, through the, the zombie and the you know the quarks and just just everything, and it was fun to see them interact with a different doctor uh, in that as well. That it was Ten and Martha as opposed to um, you know, so you kind of get that different take right, on exactly. who yeah. would handle this and how, and how it would be handled differently than yeah. the previous Doctor and companion. Too. Yeah. I know what made me think about the Seventh Doctor, the Berets, because I was thinking of Unit from the time of the Seventh Doctor. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's very much. That's what yeah. it was. And I, th- I think you're right. I think it could be Seventh Doctor timeline. Yeah, I don't know that they ever specifically it, said, they never did, but, but, but most likely not, because this would have come out prior to the Seventh Doctor even being on television. In answer to your question, by the way, that you had on the Frobisher series, the comics were coming out at the same time that the Sixth Doctor was on television. Okay, so that's that's the answer to your question. Uh, watch that strip for action as well. So. <laughs> Um, and then uh, the other one I alluded to, which we don't have to touch on this, other than I thought it was so much fun, was the, the farcical uh, Death Day. Did you get a chance to read Happy Death Day? Did you get a chance to read Oh, that no, I didn't. I missed okay. that one. Which well, one? We, we don't have to talk about that one, but that's the one because the, the quirks the just, quirks there's one like panel. one panel okay. where you see them. I, honestly, I forgot that one was no, part no, of the No, no, and that's quite all right. That's quite all right. But, it's um, not really. It's... He's he's now, even in there with Daleks. There is a it's yeah. Davros oh, and it, a bunch it, of Daleks and a quark. Yeah. <laughs> Second reason why I felt we needed to do this adversary archive is because of flip flop, which unfortunately, because of some um, circumstances, we are actually going to push that off till next week because we're coming up on a lengthy show here. So. Um, and I think with the, that's one that we could we potentially – go ahead. We talked about Paradise Tires way more than Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we probably dwelled on that. Although we have actually dwelled on television series much longer. But I think we all came down on the side of not liking it so much. But, hey. Um, <laughs> no, no. We, we all came down on the side of not liking it. You guys had a lot more better things to say about it, though. That being said um, – and there's potentially a lot we could talk about this. So, um, listeners, if you indulge us, I think we're going to push this off one more week um, and pair this up with fun and games because, hey, this one's a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> so, sorry about the cliffhanger. <laughs> dun, dun. Tune in next week. Uh, anyway. Um, well, next week we'll we'll have our, uh, our reviews then of Flip Flop, our reviews of Flip Flop. 
uh, along with uh, any uh, clip notes that we get from Chicago TARDIS. If anybody's going, I did see some unfortunate news that Dr. Phil's not going yeah. to be able to yeah. make it down there, yeah. which we're, we're very sad and uh, hear that one. Plumbing. Um, you had to pay a plumbing bill. I had to pay a plumbing bill. Um, we will be watching uh, The Robots of Death. Is it, just, is it the robots or robots? Did robots. It's just robots, robots of, of death. death. So we're watching Robots of Death uh, for Friday Night Who this week. Um, and then uh, we'll be doing some fun and games. And uh, we're going to specifically for sure talk about the um, Doctor Who Risk and Doctor Who Yahtzee sets that have been released. And we will probably include some of these uh, other uh, fun doodads that Glenn has been bringing that the listeners are not privy to. Uh, you've seen pictures of. You've seen pictures of, I think. At least the first one. Depending on what, where you're following us. I think we chatted a little bit about on, on air, too. Did we? On mic, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, and, and then we'll have our review of Flip Flop uh, that week. And again, hopefully, if all goes well, some Doctor Who legacy, but... We're, we won't commit fully to that. Right, right. We'll probably at least talk about <laughs> oh, it. Oh, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. <laughs> well, we should. And boy, have I got there, a legacy story I'll for you. you. <laughs> there is a, uh update coming out tomorrow um, that's going to really kind of change the look and feel of the game. Uh, also, um, some little nuggets that are going to lead into the next chapters of, of the story. And so we're really excited about them. And I, I will say that one of the things that is that's one of the reasons why we may not be able to get into an interview if it doesn't play out because of the fact that they're very busy at this time yeah. of year. They just celebrated their one-year anniversary. Um, they've got a lot in store, and so there's a chance that we just won't be able to get you know cross with them. But that will be coming soon if we don't do it next week. Well, we certainly make it. We all, we have a commitment um, from them to do it. It's just a matter of trying to work it around our schedules now. So. Yeah, so it, it will come, just maybe not next week. Um, and of course, this week is Thanksgiving. Uh, so you won't hear from us until after it's already passed. So we'll take this opportunity right now to wish all of our listeners a Absolutely. very happy Thanksgiving, if that's uh, something you celebrate. And uh, not, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, <laughs> if you don't. Um, hopefully you survive Black Friday, if you celebrate that one. Um, and yeah, um, Good luck. <laughs> and then you can listen to us while you do your Cyber Monday shopping, maybe, that's if right. we get everything yeah, planned yeah. out properly. Um, Depends on if that show releases early on Monday. Or late on Monday. Because it's been kind of a 50-50 <laughs> lately. Um, so just, uh, again, so for kind of a run-up for some other stuff, then the first uh, week in December, we've got Black Orchid for Friday Night Who on December 5th. We should have done that next week to coincide with Black Friday. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I had the Black Vox robot. Yeah, That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that works. I like that. Okay, okay. good. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going happy. You need a Thanksgiving episode of Doctor Who. They do need a Thanksgiving episode of Doctor Black Who. Vox Not many shows do Thanksgiving <laughs> episodes. There's a reason for that. <laughs> um, but we're doing Black We working. can all be thankful for Leela next week, so. Mm. <laughs> Sean, too bad it's not a story with canine. <laughs> canine would have made short work of them robots. That's why he wasn't there. Well, it's uh, before they picked him up. It was right? before they picked I, him up. I, as, as we were saying, that little thought bubble above Sean's head was a picture of Leela. A little thought bubble above <laughs> Keith's head was a picture of canine. And a little thought bubble above my head was all of the TV comics and the Doctor Who. Where Tom Baker's head is on somebody else's body. <laughs> oh, gosh, we didn't even deal with that one. I didn't even read that one. I, you don't need to. I, 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 looked, same I looked at it just to see, because, I mean, Glenn said, it's, it's it's Tom Baker's head on this guy's body. It's not even that. It's They put curly hair on Patrick Troughton. <laughs> In some, yeah. It's, the, a lot fa- of times, the facial a lot expressions. Of times he didn't are, even look like Troughton. How did we even gloss yeah. over that? I can't believe we didn't talk about how asinine that was. And, and not just in that one, but the, apparently there were there were several instances of the, the, where they would just 
just go back and pull old TV comics and resubmit them as new adventures. And that they apparently did finally catch on to the, I don't know, if, I don't remember exactly, I read the story because it's really interesting on, on how that worked out. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but that somebody commented that that particular artist who did that with the, the Tom and Patrick, that they kind of got on him. And that follow-up ones were at least done a little bit better, that he was wearing <laughs> the proper clothes most of the time. But Strip for Action actually alludes to the fact that some comic book historians were talking about, well, and, and uh, some of the credence, uh, credence to that or credit to that was the fact that kids grow up. And when you read something six years ago, when you're 12, you're no longer reading TV comics. There's a whole brand new group of kids that wouldn't have remembered that story in or TV comics before or ever yeah. read it. So it was new to them. But, yeah, that's to me, that's lazy. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just lazy. Especially when Tom's head is on the <laughs> check pants and suspenders and it's clearly not his body anyway they weren't meant to be read that way. they weren't meant to be read that way so uh black worker for friday night who followed by a pair of peter davidson audios in episode number 206 we're going to listen to big finish number 41 necromantia and number 56 the axis of insanity so this will pick up where we left off with the fifth doctor and perry and airman so that kind of gives you two weeks to do two audios which is not too bad it just um, occurred to me, we keep putting off Charlie's departure. Which I've listened to. Well, funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought it up now. <laughs> We're going to do Frontier in Space uh, for Friday Night Who. And because it is a long Pertwee one, uh, six parts, we're going to do the first three parts uh, one week. And we will touch base with the uh, Titan Comics uh, 10th and 11th Doctor Story arcs and kind of check in with those guys and see how things are going there. And finally, go back and revisit Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor with Charlie in the Big Finish Audio number 103, The Girl Who Never Was. And we will finally get the finale in some <laughs> ways. In some, in some ways of, of Charlie Pollard's story. Which next week we're well, also doing the begins. 12th Doctor comics for the fun of games. I, yeah, I thought, we, I thought I had that. I do have it in there. I just apparently glossed over it when I read it. So... Uh, let me. We'll go back and do that, and then we'll finish up Frontier in Space, and then um, all ebooks. So you have Got a lot of catching up. Four ebooks to catch up. on. I'm looking forward to it though, because it'll help me with my uh, Goodreads reading challenge. <laughs> because <laughs> I am falling behind. Um, so we'll have uh, the Ninth Doctor and Beast of Battle on the Tenth Doctor and Mystery of Haunted Cottage, the Eleventh Doctor and Nothing O'Clock, and the new and the new Twelfth Doctor Capaldi book, Lights Out. Um, and then it's Christmas. So, yep. Yeah. Then it's we Christmas. Have something special. Then for Christmas. it's Christmas. Did you see how I did that? Then special. it's Christmas. Something special plan. That's all I'm going to say. We do. We do have something special plan. Um, and once again, if you uh, uh, have supported us on Patreon, thank you very much for that. Yes, we are working on your things. I and contest winners. I'm working on getting them to you too. They should come out this week now because we have all the addresses, right? Yeah, we have good. all the addresses for that, so that's that's good. I forgot. I did just didn't have time written. to get to them this weekend. Yeah. And uh, I suppose it's probably not a bad go idea to go ahead and put the call out for our Patreon supporters to go ahead and send us your addresses so that we can yeah. make sure yeah, you're getting get started on that. As well. and, and if you would just to help us out, since it's all going to the feedback email, if you would put. Patreon support or something yeah. in the mm-hmm. in the title. Let's just put, just put Patreon support in the in yes. the title so yes. that I know that it's for that particular uh, gift bundle. Um, but then again, just a reminder then for next week. So what we're doing then is Thanksgiving weekend. We will cover Chicago Tardis if anything is uh, going on there. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> we will cover the Twelfth Doctor Titan comic premiere. We will 
give our actual reviews for Flip Flop. And then we will have the, the fun and games segment of the show because it's a holiday and we're going to have some fun. That's so right. There's that. Fun and games and a comic. <laughs> Which can be fun, too, as well. It's yeah. pretty much Why what not? we did this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else before we close the show? If not, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. I've got two tickets to paradise. Won't you-